And your uh your favorite rapper, the baby, was actually next up on the docket. So this is actually a rapper, man. For the very time I, podcast and entertainment purpose, the baby is your man for them. So I, I, I randomly on Twitter asked, I was like, hey, could anybody name me their 10 favorite the baby songs? You were the only one who responded with 10 songs. That's your man's. What? <laughs> yes, we are, we are now live. <laughs> now live. What's good at your voice out 3706? This is KTSCF. Wait, what is this? We just kick it. I don't know, Kurt Angle. I mean, I'm sorry, Kurt Angle. That might be my favorite, like, GIF or video now. If I was the type of person to use wild profile pictures, that's what my picture would be. Is whatever that video was. But yeah, oh, shout out to everybody listening, checking us on YouTube. Hopefully that boy GA comes in the chat so I can pack him up by his terrible COVID takes. I need to know the context of this video. Like, what is he doing? <laughs> <laughs> Wrestling, wrestling Twitter can probably answer that question. Oh my god, that yeah. is sicko behavior. Yeah, sicko definitely. Uh, if you're a sicko, uh, subscribe on YouTube. I think we're at 75 followers. Trying to get to 100. Once we get to 100, I will give away my PS5. <laughs> okay, that is 100 a lie. But I, I did cut my PS5 off for the first time in like a month, like yesterday, only to not play anything. I think I watched Netflix on it, but. That's what I'm saying. I don't know why people were in such a rush to buy a PS5. I don't have no exclusives right now. I can play Call of Duty just fine on my PS4 right now. Like, what's the point? Stun these hoes. That's literally literally all I have before. That shit stays covered up, unplugged, and just sitting there doing absolutely nothing. Just being held down by gravity. But, nah, I mean, I I, I like the, the interface better. The Xbox One is cool. I think you can do a lot, but I'm just so unfamiliar with Xbox. Like looking back at it, it has the records of the games I played for my profile. I hadn't played an Xbox game since like 2010. Like Madden 2010 was like the last game I purchased. So I was like, yeah, I don't know what's going on with this, but I really next gen. I really wanted an Xbox over PS5 to play Halo, which is still not out. Oh, they had the betas out recently, which looked pretty cool. Nah, so the Halo Master Chief faction is pretty cool. You can play every Halo that's ever been put out, all the most high players. It's fun. If you play Halo, definitely DM me because I'm trying to get on that shit. But anywho, let's go ahead and get the, the podcast rolling. Shout out to El Chapa. Shout out to AC3 Savage. It's probably doing homework or something useless like that. But uh, let's continue where we started out last week with the Delta Pack. Uh, the Delta pack is still going up. I mean, <clears throat> bodies are continuing to pile up. Um, the pack is stinking, mm. um, and, and it's it's very sad because it's it's not necessary. Like as uh, President Biden said, this is a pandemic of the unvaccinated. Like <clears throat> you literally don't have to die, just have to get a shot. Uh, shout out to the homie uh, that boy GA. Oh, I'm sorry, that GA boy got a big difference there, but. Uh, he tweeted out, vaccinated people out here shaming people who not vaccinated, LOL, shaking my head. And I clearly have my name is Bully the Unvaxxed. I mean, not <laughs> literally. I know bullying is not cool. We're anti-bullying podcast. But I guess my my thing is that like we, we bully people for less, right? We bully people that are fat. 
We bully people that are ugly. We bully people. Well, listen, let's slow down with the we. Let's slow down with the we. <laughs> we as a we as a society in America, we bully people for all kinds of reasons, and those reasons usually are reasons that'll save their life. Like, hey, if you're bullying somebody because, like, you know, you know, they got on raggedy shoes, that's kind of fucked up, right? I get that, but the idea of not bullying people. Or shaming people. I'm sorry. Oh, let me change my name. Shame the unvaccinated. I'm sorry. We know we're anti-bullying. Let me switch that up. Let's be let's be specific. Shame the unvaxxed. <laughs> yes. We've shamed people for much less. And again, this is shaming to, to save people's lives. So his response was, it's just sad. I'm like, yeah, people dying, losing their jobs, locks down, kids getting sick who have no means to protect themselves. And then he was like, People just got to protect themselves and their kids. And I replied, how? Right? He said, Ronnie said, that boy, that GA boy said, well, if they're not getting vexed, they have to continue wearing masks, wash your hands, use sanitizer and social distance. I replied, how's that worked out so far? He replied, I don't know. I'm not keeping track of people, but it's probably some people out there doing the right thing, having caught COVID. Now, immediately after the answer, I'm sorry, Ronnie, you're full of shit. You can't be out here saying you don't know how this has worked out when the body count is like up to a million worldwide. Like we know how unvaccinated, dirty people have, have led us to. Like, yeah. stop. Like, and, and again, I, I don't, I don't want to be the guy. Well, I am that guy. Like, if you're unvaxxed, that's cool. I just your logic has to be a little bit better than that because that the idea that you know waiting for it to get FDA approved to me at this point is a cop out. Like a majority of the people don't even know what the FDA means or what they actually do. Kind of with the HIPAA I thing, I, no I, I guarantee it. you, if you ask the majority of the people what HIPAA is, they have no clue what it is. They just assume HIPAA means you can't talk about medical stuff. <laughs> well, HIPAA, I was going to say, a lot means, of NFL players don't know what HIPAA means because they're like, did you get vaccinated? <laughs> no, HIPAA. Like, what? <laughs> I don't think that's what, how that works. So we're going to have a teachable moment here, guys. HIPAA stands for Health Insurance portability accountability act right all that means is that for example if you work for a hospital you can't be out here giving people giving up people's information so like if i was a doctor sending you somebody's information and i typed in marcus underscore sniffles and i put two s's and that got sent to the wrong marcus underscore sniffles that would be a hipaa violation because i sent your private medical documents to some stranger right people like individual Individual peoples that aren't co companies or corporations, they don't have that protection. Like, if I ask you if you got vaccinated, that's not, you're not, there's no HIPAA violation. It's just you being an idiot. Pretty much when you say, like, I don't want to talk about that's that's essentially saying I'm not vaccinated. But, you know, you know, don't get vaccinated waiting for the FDA as you take all kinds of monsters and energy drinks and pre-workouts that have God knows what in them. But you know, this, this thing that could possibly save the life of you, your family members, somebody's children, grandmas, grandfathers, all that stuff. Like, we're not, we're not going to do that. Well, I'm good. Let me light, let me light up this backwoods real quick. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Let me smoke this hookah. Oh, yeah. You know, let, me, let me fill my lungs with this fucking flavored smoke, but I'm not going to get a vaccine that's been proven by scientists, virologists, people that have been doing this job for a long time. Like, if you've watched like random documentaries, like Dr. Fauci has been out here for a long time. Like that dude is like 70 years old. He's been doing this for a while. I was listening to a podcast uh, about the 
invasion of Iraq after 9-11. And like Dr. Fauci was like involved in that shit too. It was like back in like 2000. Like he's been out here in these streets talking about viruses. Like the dude knows what he's talking about versus person who got a D plus in chemistry or basic science. But you got to wait. You got to hold off and get more information from the FDA. So, I mean, God bless. But I mean, I'm not trying to get packed up out here. I feel like if you've ever snapped into a Slim Jim, you should not be questioning what's in the vaccine. Like, do you know what's in beef jerky? Because that shit is terrible. And I'm going to I'm going to read something here. It's like uh, do's and don'ts for influenza prevention. A couple of the things they have on here. Wear a mask. Leave a clean and healthy life. Uh, bathe frequently. Wash your hands before each meal. Uh, get plenty of sleep. Uh, brush your teeth. Respect the quarantine regulations. Report early symptoms to the doctor at once. Avoid crowds. Do not neglect your mask. Avoid persons who sneeze or cough. Uh, let's see. Let's see. Do not think it is impossible for you to get or transmit influenza. Keep your hands out of your mouth. Do not cough or sneeze in the open. Uh, do not use a public towel or drinking cup. Um, do not visit the sick or handle articles from the sick room. And these are tips from 1918. So the, th the things that they are telling us to do for Corona and COVID are things that they've been telling us to do for over a hundred years. Like this is a long time that they've been telling us, telling a specific group of people to wash your ass, wash your hands, cover your mouth when you cough, brush your teeth, the basic things. Like it shouldn't be... It, we shouldn't have to remind people in 2021, like, hey, it's a pandemic going on, guys. Need you guys to wash your hands. Need you guys to take a shower daily, regularly. Uh, need you guys to, you know, get a little sunlight, but wear a mask. Like, just basic stuff, basic hygiene, but America. Yeah, it, it'll... I, and I'm, I'm trying to, I'm trying to draw, like, a I'm just trying to figure out where the logic is. So is the is the issue getting the vaccine because so is the issue getting the vaccine, not getting the vaccine because it is not FDA approved, right? That's that's the issue because it's it's obviously not the symptoms or the fact that it could kill you, right? I I don't Okay. Okay, let me let me be a little bit more transparent here with this with this vaccine thing. So I was in the military before, and when you get like deployed, and stuff, the <laughs> before you get like deployed, or if you get sent somewhere overseas, they give you so many shots. I never asked a single question about anything that's in those shots. So I, I would feel kind of weird to just get out and just be like, oh, yeah, I need to do a little bit more research. Like, that's just kind of how they kind of breed you to do They're just like, hey, you need to just take the shot so you can go and do this or whatever. So for me to come back and just be like, oh, I'm not going to take a COVID vaccine that has been proven to work. And I, I, there's a lot of people who are just like, hey, man, the best way to deal with COVID is to get COVID so your body can build up the antibodies or whatever and fight it off naturally. I'm like, nigga, no, I don't want it. Give me the vaccine, please. And that, And that's not saying that the vaccine is a cure. I'm just saying I would rather have that and protect myself a little bit more as opposed to just not having it and raw dog in the air with you guys. I'm sorry. Y'all ain't y'all don't y'all don't wash yourselves regularly. I'm sorry. You guys are nasty. 
Well, so I, I'm trying to think in my head again, because people are willing to live with these symptoms, right? And there's also like pretty bad ones out there. Like I've heard people having like, you know, cognitive issues, like erectile dysfunction, things yes. of that nature. But I'm like, okay, I, I think it's just because the symptoms aren't super crazy. Like I guarantee you if they're like, yo, if if you catch COVID, your arm is going to fall off. You know what I'm saying? I guarantee you all that FDA approval bullshit goes out the window real quick. Like, nah, give me that. But because it's like a, a bad version of the flu, people aren't taking it seriously. So it's not, I don't think it's just the FDA thing. It's just that to some people, the the cost uh, cost analysis works out for them. Like, hey, the opportunity costs like, hey, I cannot get the the, the vaccine and I'm just going to get sick. But yeah. I mean, the, the, the end of that spectrum is death. But yeah, they're like, say, no, a mild dying is still an option here. It is. And, and plus the long-term effects. But I feel like if it was like, hey, if you catch COVID, your all your fingers are gonna stop working. I guarantee you the the vaccination rate should be at one hundred percent. Guarantee. Like, hey, your left eyeball is going to fall out of the socket. There would be no problem with vaccinations. This shit would be a wrap. Yeah, it'd be done. Erectile dis- dysfunction, hundred percent vaccination among men, like easily, no questions asked. And that's ironic too, because I saw a tweet that uh, a guy was like, "Yo, like millions of men across the country will trust Pfizer to make." Uh, erectile dysfunction drugs, but y'all won't use it to prevent COVID. Like, uh, I'm sure nobody was questioning that when they were popping into their body along with Molly to have, you know, coked out sex sessions. Like that. That's right. not a thing. That's like, why I just go to the gas station. Gas station tools are safer. Those are FDA yeah, approved. Yeah, of, of course they are. So, but who else? There, there's people who got packed up. I guess there was like a Republican Shocking. lawmaker got packed up. Um, Another person was like, oh, yeah, COVID's not real, yada, 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 got packed up. And it's just, at this point, like, it's just embarrassing. Like, not just because of their uh, political beliefs, but just like um, Americans as a whole. We're just like, yo, man, I know people are looking at us like, yo, y'all are y'all are insane. Like, what are y'all doing over there? You know what I'm saying? Like, what, what are we doing over here? Embarrassing ourselves. Yes, embarrassing ourselves. It's, it is what it is, man. Like... It's one of those things, regular basis. Yeah, it's it's one of those things where it's kind of like, it's kind of like not believing in racism, and it's like, oh, you know, it's yeah, it will be all right, you know, just we had a black president. What are you talking about? Exactly, we're in a post-racial era, but unfortunately, it's one of those things where it's like I kind of wish people would experience. Insert here, like, I'm not wishing COVID on anybody, but for people to just like refuse to believe it's real, I kind of wish they would get it just to be like, oh, shit. Like, cause some people got to learn the hard way. That's life. Not everybody responds to like, you know, science, facts, 600,000 dead bodies, the economy shut down, kids on ventilators, you know, things of that nature. You would think that, but I don't know if that's actually the case. Like, I, cause I've heard of people getting it and still like after they recover and, you know, get off their ass after being, you know, knocked on it for a week or two go back out and act like everything's normal. They just, they, they feel like once you have it or once you get it and you recover from it, that you can just go out and you're not going to get it again. Like you can get this again. Like COVID will bend a block on your ass. Like wear a mask, get vaccinated, wash your ass, wash your hands. Maybe not in that order, but wash yourself. Yeah. It, it, again, just, 
just saying this is like kind of embarrassing again as a country there are, there are countries that would die for for free running water consistently and we're just out here like nah you know what taking a bath is overrated i'm good i'll wait till i get a little bit we'll get a little funky a little bit of twain build up and then i might wash myself and my children and like I said, there's people out here dying for water and covid vaccines and things that we take advantage of and it's just like bro come on like what are we what are we doing here man like you know what freedom might have been a mistake <laughs> it might have been a mistake hey the lockdown needs to come back man. oh man i'm praying for another lockdown man i'm praying i need to level up in call of duty real quick i need to get back to my twitch streaming well allegedly <laughs> allegedly there's another variant that's popping up all right because like i said the more that the, the more people don't get vaccinated that gives the the virus more chances to mutate so so one of the things is like we're we're doing it to ourselves, and when I, I mean we, y'all, because I, I'm clearly been vaccinated. I got a wristband. I'm oppressed. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> shout out to NFL players who think, you know, is, this is bad. Is this is bad as racism or whatever they were talking about? We just need to have a meteor just come through and just blow this planet up. Like I mean, I've seen Avengers Endgame. Like I've seen my kids born. Like what else is there to see? Like what's the point anymore? We just. So let's just rack this up. Let's go ahead and rack this season of Earth up. Start over again in like two billion years because this this crop of humans ain't doing it right. Or at least have a meteor just destroy America. One of the two. Like, this is getting embarrassing. No, nah, I have them destroy the red states. Like, Florida, <laughs> go ahead and get them out of here because they, DeSantis, he's, he's out of control. And I was thinking the other day as you talk about meteors and whatnot, like, like, what if COVID was, like, just a test from, like, aliens or people out in space to see if we were intelligent enough to leave Earth? They're like, you know what? We're going to give these guys we're gonna give these guys a challenge, right? We're going to see if they have the, the, the mental capacity and the unity to come together and say, hey, guess what? This virus is packing people up. Let's all come together and bring our resources together to try to combat it and see what they do as a whole. And we failed miserably. We probably had a chance to go to, like, Earth 169 with, like, you know, more resources, cleaner air, everybody like some sort of utopia. And we pissed it away because people don't want to get vaccinated for free. For free. For free. It, for and free. to stay on this, I almost had to cuss out this lady on Twitter the other day. Like, I'm usually pretty good. I don't really get too agitated. I don't really be trying to cuss out women folk, but like, my God, this, this lady on Twitter tweeted out the stupidest shit I've ever heard in my life. And it's kind of probably bad on me for even interacting with this person. They probably got me blocked. I unfollowed them, but she's an idiot. All right. Let me go back to the top because. <sighs> okay. Well, she looked like she got packed up. So this this lady, I'm not going to say her name. I might say her name later. But anyways. She tweeted out, people die from cancer daily. Okay. <laughs> people die from other diseases. No other medicine is free. But this microwave vaccine is microwave. Not, something ain't right. That's the problem. Microwave. It's not a microwave thing. They didn't do this in two weeks. They've been working on this for years. The technology was there. Just the resources and time wasn't there. The resources because we were locked down they had time for everybody to be like hey this is the only thing we need to work on right now because it's affecting everybody and i can't leave my house so let's work on this right now this is the priority like that's and that's 
I'm gonna let you I'm finished let you finish reading off these tweets, but that's the issue I have with people that are I guess anti-vaxxers. It's not the fact that they don't want to get vaccinated, it's the fact that they're spreading misinformation because calling it a microwave vaccine is not true. A simple Google search, a simple YouTube video watch will tell you that. But you guys just want to just spread all this misinformation around like a bot. And now we're here. We got a Delta variant. We got an Alpha variant. We got a Beta variant. Like the Zetas around the corner. Like are the Qs around the corner? They gonna be barking on our face and shit. Like I don't want this problem. I don't want this. Yeah, I don't. I don't want. The, I don't want the Q dot variant. Hell no. Shout out to the the bros. But all right. So she said that I responded. Cancer and di- diabetes don't stop the economy. She replied, "If everybody is dead, it won't be an economy to worry about." So let's pause right there, all right? Cancer is not as transmissible as chickenpox like the Delta variant is. Neither is diabetes. You can't cough on someone and give them cancer. (laughs) That would be crazy. And I responded, hence the free vaccine. She responded, but let everyone else without insurance and money to treat their diseases die because they can't afford medicine. Y'all really think these folks care about us? I don't, that doesn't. So yeah, the insurance is kind of problematic. It's, you know, you pay into it and hopefully you never have to use it, but it's there for you. Like insurance has a, has a purpose. And yeah, the, the, the healthcare system in America isn't the greatest, but I don't understand what any of that has to do with getting a free vaccine that was, you know, tested. Um, and I responded, I don't disagree with that. They don't care, but they do care when it starts messing with the money, which COVID has versus diabetes or cancers, which aren't contagious at all. She doubles down. So you're realizing this is all about money. The vaccine's free. What other vaccines have they offered millions, million dollar lotteries for? Shortened sentences, free rides to a four-year college. This is all about money. And sooner or late, people will wake up and it's going to be too late. The reason that they offer a million dollar lottery for the COVID vaccine is because they're losing billions of dollars in the economy, which I said two times earlier, shortened sentences, because the disease is highly contagious, right? You shouldn't be in jail for, you know, petty crime and die for COVID, like just because you're waiting on your Senate, like on your, your court case. Right, if you're like a nonviolent offender, like you weren't, you shouldn't be sentenced to death because of that, because it's highly contagious. Free rides to a four-year college. Yes, we'd rather get you in college for free if you take this vaccine, so you can stop spreading it to everybody else, so we can get more of this college money. Right? We'll sacrifice a couple, a couple million for some billions. This is all about the money. Yes, but not in the way that you're trying to frame it in. You're an idiot. You are. Why? Why would the government want us dead? Why? There's too much money in us to, to kill us, to kill everybody. Like, we, we, we spend too much money. Like, no, they're not trying to get us out of here. Like, just stop. It, and I said, it's all about the economy. Yes, not necessarily Big Farm. The answer to the question, again, is because the diseases aren't as contagious as the chickenpox, literally shutting down the world and how it functions, unlike diabetes, etc. People got to go to work, travel, etc. Nah, people ain't got to go to work. A lot, a lot of people have stopped going back to work. Like a lot of companies are going, 
going they're going under because people are just like this i guess this pandemic has shown that hey like this job isn't worth it what they're offering me what they're paying me isn't worth it i saw a sign that said that mcdonald's was hiring people for 31 dollars an hour because they could not get anybody to to fill out an application there are there are uh, companies that are saying hey We'll pay for your uh, maternity leave. We'll pay for your school. We'll pay for all these things that they couldn't offer before the pandemic. But now that the pandemic has happened and they got shut down and people were getting unemployment, which it's crazy that unemployment gets you more than the actual job. But that's a separate conversation. But it's like these companies are starting to realize, like, hey, we need these people to come back to work or we're going to shut down. The government is not trying to kill you. At least not that fast. Maybe like in fifty years. Yeah, I was just like, yeah, what <laughs> like people? I don't understand the end game. Like, what what is what is the end game to get everybody a free vaccination? Like, I don't. People want to be conspiracy theorists so bad and work against their own interests. It just doesn't make any sense. Like, at least we're gonna have an argument, have a, a a good one. And I've yet to encounter anybody with a good argument, which is, you know, it is what it is, but. Yeah, I'm not arguing with people about this anymore. Like, I, I, I get, had time. Get I was, it or don't. I had nothing else to do. But oh well, that's different. Right? I mean, that that person's clearly showed themselves to not be a smart person. But it's just like at this point, either you get it or you don't. If you don't want it, and something happens to you, because I've seen a couple. There's been a couple people on Twitter talking about like, oh, I ain't getting this vaccine. Blah blah blah. This thing's fake. This thing ain't real. Whatever, whatever. They have a large following, and then a couple weeks later, they catch COVID, and they're talking about, hey, prayer, pray for me. Uh, thanks for all the calls and all this other stuff. And it's like, hey man, y'all could have been y'all could you could have been straight. Like you didn't have to go through that. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Get yeah, the vaccine. You ain't gotta worry about it. I, I, it again. I'm just. I am. I am befuddled at the foolishness that goes on here. So, literal but, foolishness. I mean, it is what it is. We'll we'll move on from that. But um, <clears throat> a lot of people think that the cure for COVID might be a Mercedes-Benz stadium in Atlanta as uh, the guy, Kanye West, is uh, working on <laughs> Donda, which may or may not ever drop. Um, I've still, I still avoided a lot of the clips and snippets. I haven't listened or paid anything attention to that. The only thing I did see was that video of, I, it, it appears to be Kanye West being levitated into the sky. I did um, see that. I did see that. Um, that's about it. And again, I, you know, I'm not gonna lie. I did refresh my phone the morning of seeing if it actually dropped and it didn't, but it's okay. I was still listening to Vince Staples for the 1800th time, but yeah, a lot of people were excited for, for Donda. A lot of people were out here, especially Falcons fans, uh, people that are fans of Atlanta teams are like, Oh, get Kanye West out the building. Oh, he's weird. Oh, Kanye West, blah, 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 blah. I'm like, dog, we, it's already been established Kanye West is not all the way there. You know what I'm saying? Regardless, you still love his music and you sound wild, corny for hating on him. And also, Kanye West by far is the biggest winner that's ever been in that stadium. Kanye West has more hardware and more W's than the Falcons franchise as a whole. If anything, you should be honored that Kanye West is blessing you with his presence and his aura in that stadium full of losers. So... Maybe that will propel us because if we have a good season, ain't nobody gonna be like, "Oh yeah, shout to Kanye." But let us start out zero and three. Oh, it's because Kanye West was in the stadium. You know, Falcons fans and Atlanta fans like to you know make up all kinds of crazy theories and 
stories, you know. And, yeah. and while we're they should yeah. they should hope for that. They should hope some of whatever Kanye has rubs off on them. Yeah, it's it's one of those things where it's just yeah, it is what it is. But I mean, I'm excited for Donda whenever it drops. I saw like a track, maybe not a track listing, but a guest list. It looks like he has an extensive list. I do respect Kanye in the sense that he said this a long time ago, maybe not a long time ago, but a couple of years ago, which is very smart that more people should, you know, do. And, and some people look at this strangely, but he, he did say that he likes to work with the younger artists and stay in tune and engage what the younger artists are doing. So, like, you know, he's had songs with Little Pump and uh, he recently worked with uh, Little Nas X. He likes to work with the young cats. And, and I respect that because it keeps your perspective fresh. It keeps your mind flowing. It gives you a growth mindset instead of being like, you know, the old heads like, oh, I miss the old Kanye. Oh, you know, he hasn't put out a good album since whatever album you think it is. And I mean, I guess that's that's kind of more of a fixed mindset. Like, yo, I just like this version of Kanye. But if you truly like music and the art form with it, things grow and evolve and change. Like, Drake is a great artist. I mean, he sells a lot of records, but the knock on him is that he doesn't evolve. He's literally like the same person every album. He doesn't try to do anything unique or different or, or outside the, the lines. Like, Jake, Drake probably has, like, as a kid, had perfectly filled out coloring books. Like, he, he ate the beautiful pictures, but he doesn't take any risk. And that, for people that truly love music, is kind of old. Fair enough. Uh, yeah. Uh, I guess a, this Kanye thing, man, like, I'm, I don't want to, I'm not looking to hear anything. I'm not looking to watch anything. When it's done, I will wake up on a Friday morning I'll open up Apple Music looking for new music like I do every Friday morning, and it'll be there. Until then, I'm I'm surprised that you guys are still surprised that this album has not come out yet. Like people are making YouTube videos being angry at Kanye West. Like, where have you guys been? What are you talking about? This is what he does. He says something's gonna come out, he has a rollout, and then it doesn't. Like Kanye. Okay, he didn't do this when he first came out, like, you know, college dropout, late registration, quote-unquote, old Kanye, but Kanye was kind of, I don't want to say boxed in, but he didn't have the type of power that he has now. Right now, he's a billionaire. Like, he can pretty much do whatever he wants. He's a musical genius, uh, all-time great musician, whatever you want to call him. Like, he can do whatever he wants, and no one is going to question it. And it's, he, he doesn't really have people to tell him no, I guess. So if he's like, okay, I want this album to drop on the 16th. 16th comes around, he's like, I just woke up. I don't like the way the drum sounds. Push it back. Guess what's going to happen? That album getting pushed back. And I'm ready to start pushing my agenda that uh, Kanye West is waiting for Drake. I think that is what he's doing. Because Drake said that his album was coming out in January. And that did not happen because he tore his ACL or something like that. And then the music is, we've just been waiting. And then uh, summer rolled around. And he was like, okay, it'll be out sometime before the end of summer. I believe he said that in June. It is now August. And this Donda stuff really started picking up steam, I think, a few weeks ago. So it's like, we all know that uh, Kanye and Drake have had this like on and off again, beef back and forth. Are they friends? Are they enemies? Do they fuck with each other? Do they not? Whatever, whatever. So I feel like Drake is looking for a nice, nice, soft landing spot. 
maybe he didn't want to drop when uh, Nas was dropping. Maybe he didn't want to drop when The Weeknd was dropping. Maybe he didn't want to drop when Silk Sonic was dropping. So he was like, okay, maybe this will be the weekend I drop because I need to get this out before summertime. And Kanye's like, nope, I'm doing it that weekend. That weekend comes, Kanye doesn't drop, Drake doesn't drop. Kanye's like, all right, I'm pushing it back to next weekend. I'm just going to keep pushing this thing back until Drake has to either, I don't want to say like face me, but it's, I feel like he wants to have, there's, there's something going on. And he wants to have a battle of, the music or whatever it is and i feel like i feel like it would be a moment if he would just acknowledge it if he was like yo i'm not dropping donda until certified lover boy drops we're gonna drop on the same day like chat like just put it out there you you want you want to go head to head with drake this isn't your first time doing this kanye went head to head with 50 cent when 50 cent was the hottest rapper at the time and I remember I was in the military. I was on the bus. We were going somewhere from Texas and we were talking about it. And I was like, yo, I think Kanye's going to outsell 50 Cent that first week. I was the only one on the bus that had Kanye West. Everybody was like, no, 50 Cent's going to kill him that weekend. 50 Cent's going to kill him. That's how big of a deal 50 Cent was. Kanye did it again. Well, Kanye didn't do it, but Kanye and J. Cole went on each other for first week in album sales with Born Center. They both dropped on the same day. This isn't the first time Kanye has done this, but like, do it again. Like, just go ahead and put it out there. Like, because what else are you waiting for? You've done two listening parties in the Falcon Stadium. You've done two live streams. You've said it's going to come out and it hasn't. So just say you're waiting on Drake. And Drake Drake knows what you have. Like, Drake has, Drake heard, um, um, he heard, uh, Pusha T's diss, uh, Infrared, off of Daytona. He heard that early because he has so many eyes and ears in the industry. That's why he was able to get that diss out so fast because he heard it early. So, like, Drake isn't afraid of whatever music is coming. I'm sure Drake has heard it. Just put it out on the same day. Say, hey, Drake, you're the biggest artist right now. I used to be the biggest artist. Let's go head to head. This is big for hip hop. This is big for the culture. Whatever. At the end of the day, I think Drake wins that because Drake Nobody beats Drake. Like, and that's that's another crazy thing. Who is who is Drake afraid of? The only artist that would honestly compete with Drake album-wise on a weekend, as far as numbers, is Cardi B. And she's not dropping for another year. So who is he afraid of? That's my question. Because this thing was supposed to drop in January. It is August, my guy. What are we doing? Do you love that part in your head that bad? Does it look that good? What are we waiting on? Yeah, I, I don't think. I mean, it, for Drake, like he has nothing to gain by doing that. Like Kanye has more to by gain. Going up against Kanye, he's he has nothing to gain. He has nothing to prove to anybody. Like it's he's gonna do what he does. I mean, as as if, the but if you got a but if you got a problem with Kanye, you got something to prove. They clearly have a problem with each other. I, so why not? Well, allegedly, that beef has been been squashed, but I don't believe that. I mean, it's just one I'm of pushing things. my agenda. <laughs> Hashtag the agenda. Like I said, I, if, again, if you do want to do it for the culture, yeah, I I, I see, I, I see you should do that for the listeners and stuff like that. But I mean, it's that man's world. He he's out here doing whatever he wants. Man, he don't care. Like it is. I just don't. I just don't get it. Like why? Why are people staying up until midnight for Kanye West? 
He's not doing no, it. That you know the answer to that, so they can get out their hot takes. So they can but, be the first one to say the album sucks or the yeah, album was great and get a bunch of retweets. That's all that is. You're gonna say, look, you want you want to tweet at twelve oh five that this two hour long album is a classic? Like, yes, that's that's what that's what we do. And we, I mean, stupid people on social media. So, like, Jazz, she's been on this podcast a few times. Every Friday afternoon, she's like, Kanye, where's the album at? I'm like, what? <laughs> You're going to do this again? We're going to keep asking him where it is? It's in his hard drive. It'll come out when I'm willing to put something on it. I'm going to put something on it. I don't know what it's going to be, but I'm willing to bet that whenever Certified Loverboy drops, that'll be the same day Donda drops. They're dropping the same day. It's, it's too easy. It's too easy. I mean, I, I would like to see it. I mean, I'm obviously going to Kanye West first. Um, that's, I, need to see the, I need to see the track list because if it's, if it's actually 24 songs, I don't know about all that. No, nah, I don't need to see the track list. It, it doesn't matter. I'm going to Kanye West first. Like That's that's a given. That's one That's one artist that, that breaks my uh, 45 minutes or less album time limit. Like, I, I don't care, but... I mean, it, it is what it is, but we'll, we'll see what happens. But <clears throat> kind of tying in with Kanye West, which I, I've come to learn um, <clears throat> in the group chat, I, I disclosed I'd never listened to a Logic album. Yikes. So I decided, hey, let me go see what this uh, this Logic character is about. So let me see. I ran through. <clears throat> let's see. Let's go to all of his albums. I listen to Under Pressure, The Incredible True Story. Bobby Tarantino, everybody, Bobby Tarantino 2, uh, Young Sinatra 4, uh, and I stopped at Confessions of a Dangerous Mind. I didn't finish that one yet, I don't think, did I? I don't think I finished that one, but um, yeah, so yeah, it's uh, I need some hot takes. You know, I, I would say that I, I get it. I get it now. <laughs> like that dude, dude can rap. Like he puts out like great music. I, I just don't. I don't know. It's it's hard. It's hard to figure out with him because maybe it's one of those things where like the internet says he's corny, so it kind of turns other people off. But I mean, I think he is a little corny. But I think that's who he is, which you know you got to respect him for being himself. But. I do also believe because I know like he has some beef with his retirement. I know he has some beef with Joe Budden, but I believe he said like part of the reason he retired is like just he can't really handle a lot of stuff that people say about him on the internet. Like I, I guarantee he's one of those people that reads like every single comment, every single tweet, or whatever. Because you can hear it in his music. Like initially, the whole and I was waiting for the whole like you know the whole biracial conversation, which. Initially, I wasn't really getting that, but then, like, as you progress through his music, you could tell that that, yeah. that was bothering him. Yeah. <laughs> and I was so confused. I was like, yo, I, I thought, you know, I, I didn't know if he used the N word or not. But I mean, he I did, I, he did early. I screenshotted every song that he used the, the N word in. Because <laughs> I was like, because I, I didn't know that was a thing, because people just like made a big deal out of it. But from what I ran through, what do we got? Let's see. One, two, three, four, five, six times I've counted that he used the N-word across one, two, three, four, five, 
six, six albums. So probably like he averages one per album. And like it doesn't like it doesn't sound crazy when he says it. Like it didn't sound crazy like I thought it would. And it's just one of those things where it's like I guess that because of his how he looks. Yes. Uh, that that was gonna be my take. I was gonna wait, but uh if if logic I mean, looks look more, picture. if he looks if he looks more like J. Cole or Drake as opposed to looking like Bruce Willis, how is he perceived by hip hop Twitter? Because I feel like he's perceived a little bit differently if he's a little bit darker, if his haircut is a little bit different, if maybe he has braids or dreads or a little low Caesar or anything like that. I feel like people look at him and they kind of project who he is and what he should sound like and what he should rap about. And I get it. He's probably like uncomfortable rapping the N word. Cause it's just like, yo, people might not know that I am half black and he doesn't look at like Drake and J Cole look like light skinned dudes. This nigga looks white. He has <laughs> no black features. I'm like, no, I need to see a picture of your no lips. He's got blue eyes. Like he's one of yeah. them. Let's he's one of them. Why he's one of the public's dad. Let's see if the internet found. He's one of those Twitter accounts that, like, whenever whenever they say the N word, people are like, "Nah, I need to see your parents, dog. You need to post a picture of your parents because I don't know if you should be saying that. I don't know if you can say the N word like that, bro. Because uh, it, it mm, no. But I will say he is black. I mean, he's light skinned, but you could tell he's a black man. But I'm maybe sure he's he's black. I'm sure maybe Logic needs to get in the sun more. Maybe that's what it is. Nah, Maybe he needs to get outside more. Just you know, because you could you could make it. I feel like there is a. I'm not saying it's the strongest case, but there is a case that like under pressure is just as good as J Cole's best album. Uh, or, and that that was my or, lyr- lyrically speaking. Like I know he kind of does this thing, like especially in this early work where he you can hear. J. Cole when he raps. You hear Kendrick when he raps. You hear Drake when he raps. Like, you can tell that he's been influenced by those guys where it's almost like it sounds like he's copying their style. But when you talk about, like, the actual ability to rap, the ability to put words together, metaphors, storytelling, songwriting, all the things that you want from a rapper, he's just as good, if not better, than the top rappers out right now. We just don't talk about him because of how he looks and he happens to be corny. He is a corny dude. Like, I, I can't even front that, but that's, like you said, that's who he is. But if you look at, like, his track track record and who he has all worked with, he has worked with damn near every rapper you can think of. At least every rapper that you would think respects, like, the art of rapping. Like, he has a song with Wu-Tang on. Like, he has the entire Wu-Tang on a song. He has a song with, like, Killer Mike. He has a song with J. Cole. He's got a song with Big Sean. Big Sean, uh, who stood out feature wise. What's up, Jazz? Jazz here out here waiting for that Kanye album still. Yeah, uh, yeah, <laughs> and, and and that's one thing. Like, I I don't know. It, it's one of those things where, like, I guess it doesn't matter that I'm late to the party because he clearly has a very very loyal supportive fan base. Dude, yes. dude is putting up numbers, big like, time numbers, big time numbers. It's like how are how are more people he's work with no ID? How are more people not like, like kind of singing his praise? And that kind of tells me how kind of fake people are with hip hop, I guess. I wouldn't say I'm necessarily fake. I'm just kind of, I'm just kind of lazy. Like I've never, I've never listened to a fucking 
and it has nothing to do with their ability to rap. I just, I just, I haven't got around to. It. I've never listened to a. Uh, and this will probably be my next one. Uh, your man Mac Miller. I've never listened to a Mac Miller album. Like I just haven't got around to it. I'm gonna, I'm gonna keep my comments to myself on that one. But that's but like it, it, it's one of those things where sometimes, like I, I think I said it last week, where um, it just takes one or two big accounts to say something's corny or whack, and then it's corny and whack for the rest of the time, no matter what. Because that's what's happening. It's been happening like this. And I'm not saying it isn't well-deserved, but that's, what ha- that's what's been happening with Eminem, where it's just like, no matter what song he puts out, no matter what verse he puts out, no matter what feature he does, no matter what album he comes out with, it is deemed corny before it even drops. And then people just don't even listen to it. They just get on Twitter, put out their jokes, whatever jokes they got. Let me get my Eminem jokes off real quick to get these retweets or whatever. Oh, he yeah, actually- with Eminem too, yeah. Yeah. But if you actually listen to the music that he's making, you're just like, yeah, these albums are good. This feature was good. I, I don't know if you've listened to the Nas album yet, but he's on that. And even me, I was like, I'm going to listen to it, but I'm going to, I know what people are going to say about this album or, or about this feature. It's Eminem doing too much. He's doing too much lyrical miracle, whatever, whatever. But you listen to the verse, you break down the verse. It's a great verse. It's arguably the best feature on the song. A best feature on the album, and this album has a verse from Lauren Hill, which I I'm not super huge on Lauren Hill, but she's people's top five. But it's just like we're not we're not listening to music anymore. Like we're just getting on Twitter and just talking about it. No one's actually listening to it. It's almost like how people watch the game, but they watch it through Twitter. They're not actually watching the game. They're just like on Twitter and then looking at the stats. But you're not actually watching the game. You're not actually listening to music. You know what I'm saying? Like, okay, let me go ahead and play this. Let me get this thing that one of my guys sent me. So I was talking about the the Nas album. I was just like, he asked me about it. He was like, hey, is this good? And I was like, hey, man, just go listen to it. Tell me what you think. And while while he's listening to it, he is sending me messages on Instagram talking about how it's not that good. I'm not feeling it. And I'm like, how can you feel this music if you are literally texting me, telling me that you're not feeling it? You're not listening to it. And then he decided to send me, he sent me this. Let me see if I can play this. Let's see this. Nah, man. Who's Nas's A&R in exec, bro? Who, who's the guy that's like, nah, this, this, this track is cool to release 2021. Like, he's still making the same mistakes. It's like, his, his music is not standing the test of time. He's still... I don't know, man. I think I ain't feeling it. Okay. So the part, oops, sorry. So the part that infuriated me with this man, and this guy, I'm really close to this guy. I've known this guy for almost like 15 years. The part that bothered me about that is that he said the music did not stand the test of time. It's not standing the test of time. This album came out on Friday. He sent me that on Friday. The album hadn't even been out 24 hours yet. And he's talking about this album don't stand the test of time. Bro, what the fuck are you talking about? Are you Dr. Strange? Did you go into the future five years and find out if this album survived the, the test of time? Like, what are we doing? Like, it's the thing where it's like, hey, Nas drops music, his music's boring, and his production sucks. You can say that about... You can just say that and people will agree with that because that's the narrative on Nas. It's like he's bad at freaking beats. Which, yes, he is, but lately, he's been working with Hitboy. Hitboy is one of the best producers out right now. 
what are we talking about if we're not talking about music at this point? You're just making stuff up, and it's annoying. I can't talk to people like that for that much longer. Yeah, I mean, we kind of well the button up logic. Like, if people would have, if people would have on Twitter or just his fans in general would have been like, "Hey, he's heavily influenced by Kanye West," I'd have been sold. That's all you would have had to tell me because they're just from the the jump from track one. I can hear their whole camp, and he said on the on his albums that he is a big fan of Kanye West. I'd have been there. That's all you had to say. It's like, hey, like the first his first song and his first album has a sample um, <clears throat> from We Aeroplane, which is used from Bound Two. I was like, all right, like that you can hear like the drums and some of the same sounds from various Kanye projects throughout his discography, and I'm like, all right. I mean, that's all you had to say. Like, I feel like his fans should brand him as like, yo, if you like Kanye West, you'll like Logic. You know, I'm there. That's all you had to say. But I, I, I am impressed. I am impressed with his talent, his his lyrical ability. Um, he he had his concept albums were really cool. Um, let's see which one it was that stood out to me. The whole space shit, like the everybody album has some cool concepts on there. As far as like the dude that died, or whatever. Like it, it, there's some deep shit. It's it's really good. It's very positive. You know what I'm saying? Peace, love, and positivity. You know what I'm saying? I see how he has his his fan base because like it, it is tough in this era to, you know, put out stuff that's not all about stuff he you know the opposite of what he talks about. Like it, it's crazy. I was going between Logic albums and uh, Vince Staples, and I'm like, wow, like these are two completely different artists, both great, but you're getting two different types of vibes from these artists. Like Vince Staple has a song where the first verse starts out with don't get murdered. You know what I'm like the first bar is don't get murdered. I'm like, God damn dog. Like versus, you know, logic, you know, talking about equality, you know, and all that stuff, which, which is great. And I'd give, I'll give logic my stamp approval. So if you haven't checked out logic, uh, go through his discography. I guarantee you, you will not be, disappointed if you are you're just hating like that's all that is if you if you don't like logic music you're you're either hating or you have bad taste in music and i can't trust you because he puts out phenomenal music i i will i can i can boldly say that with my chest and like i said had the the melanin in his skin been a little bit different the texture yeah. of the hair been a little bit different the conversation about this guy would be a lot different just like i was gonna say with the j cole like if if they had swapped their skin tones or whatever like i said this this would be a completely different conversation but yeah. I, I do feel like he, he probably shouldn't have let the whole you know he let the internet get to him i, I guess but i i kind of get it man like he, if you're if you're trying to live your life and you've been saying the n-word because you know you're half black which is the rule that we've made up right not even we but i mean you know back back to slavery days the the one drop rule but I mean, them says the rules. If you have a black parent, you are black. Yeah. And according to you know the, the rules of, of how this works, is you can say the N-word. But it probably got really old him saying it and having to like fight people <laughs> or have people vouch for him continuously. Answer like, some questions. Yeah, I, I see like how that could bother you. Just like, you know what, I'm just not gonna do it. You know what I'm saying? So like I said, man, DJ Khaled got away for a long time. Fat Joe got away for for a long time. Maybe you should just roll with it. Maybe you should have leaned into it. Like, you know Lean what? Into it, man. Fuck it. Just fuck it. I'm just, and I give him credit for that because a lot of things ride with the Edward. Like, a lot of words ride with it. He was still so like, putting, out, putting out tracks 
avoiding it. So I, I give him extra credit for that. So definitely shout out to Logic. I'm, I'm definitely excited to finish this discography. Uh, I got to finish Confession of Dangerous Mind, No Pressure, and then Bobby Tarantino 3. Like, he was he was on a run. Like And how is this not talked about? 2014, 2015, 2016, 2017, 2018, 2018 again, 2019, 2019 again. 20, like, this dude has been on, a, on an excellent run. Narratives. He's putting he, out great products. He got he got he he got put on the wrong side of the narrative. He's on the wrong side of hip hop Twitter, honestly. Like a lot of people don't even like I don't really care, but like a lot of people don't feel comfortable getting on Twitter talking about, yeah, this logic album bangs. Like I like these songs. This dude can spit. Like nobody wants to hear that. And you're you're going to continuously get pushback on that. We're just like, well, is he rapping about being biracial again? Well, maybe, but not on this song. He's not, you know. Well, but in my kind of my first introduction to Logic, and this is where I didn't, I never discount him. And it was like me just getting to his album now is not a knock on him. It's just, you know, I get stuck in my ways, my playlist and whatnot. But I think my introduction to Logic was his verse on uh, Royce Five Nines Book of Ryan Caterpillar remix. On the original song, it has Eminem, but on the remix is uh, Logic. And Logic, he smokes his verse. Like, if you haven't listened to Book of Ryan by Ristify Nine, go listen to Calipilla remix. I believe it's the last track. Like, if you don't think Logic can rap after listening to that, you, I, I, we can't talk. We cannot converse because you're full of shit and you have no business even having these type of conversations. Like, let's let's not be stupid. Let's not let Twitter get you fucked up, right? <laughs> man's man's got talent. Man's man's is talented. So, but that that but that's the. That's the problem with rap Twitter is it's not about rap. It's about who's your fave, what's your agenda, what's your narrative, push that, and that's it. doesn't matter about the actual music. No one cares about that. Like, what, are you going to get retweets for saying Eminem had a good verse on Nas's album? I'm like, no. Nobody wants to hear that. Nobody wants to see that. Flame this nigga. <laughs> Say he yeah. looks like a, a, a high-end lesbian or whatever. Like, I guess you retweets. Yeah, shout out to the homie, uh, <clears throat> that brother Low CP up on Twitter. He said, I asked, what do you think about Logic? He said he sounded too much like Drake during his first album. It was a hard pass. I, I didn't hear it too much. I mean, I heard it at, in some aspects of his album, but it wasn't like a, a huge turnoff. I mean, is this a thing where like we're and and he's he's more of a DC area guy, so that's where Logic resides, or he's from that area also. But it's like so we're not gonna give people a chance that sound like somebody else, like isn't I mean, that right, what Drake, isn't that what Drake like, rap is? A different accent every thirty-five minutes. Yeah, like a lot of rappers, a lot of rappers sound like other rappers. It's the influence. Like Drake is an influential rapper. We're not gonna act like you know he didn't influence people. We're not gonna act like Jay Z's entire flow isn't Biggie's. You know what I'm saying? Like what? Like, like he borrows bars from people. Like that's all what it is. There's like there's only like a handful of like original original rappers out there so like let's i don't feel like that's a, a good enough and you know um, what and the ones that that are nobody gives them any credit for it i've said this before i would make this hot take by that criteria right i know nobody wants to hear this but you have to put e40 in like your top 10 right <laughs> nobody in the rap game sounds like E-40 or ever will, right? Like, th that's one of those things where in, in rap in the early stages, is like, yo, who who's going to be unique? Who's going to be different? Who's going to stand out? You know what I'm saying? Nobody sounds like E-40. 
E40 doesn't sound like anybody else. The man's on classic records. He stood the test of time. He's got bangers. He's got regional bangers. He's got national bangers. Give this man his flowers. Like E40 is a legend. I don't care how corny you think he is with all his ad libs and all that shit. The man's a beast. Like, I don't fuck with you. He he smoked that verse. Like, his last project he put out was also great, but people don't listen to music. They don't listen to the artists that are, you know, very popular and all that and all that stuff. So, but yeah, I, I get that. Let me see. I, I there think are people, that, there are people that are where he's from that don't even sound like him, which is kind of crazy. Like, usually if you're from an area where like a popular artist is from, you kind of get your sound from them. I don't think there, I don't know if any anybody sounds like E40 at all. I've not put him in my top ten, but I get it. <laughs> no, originality. There's nobody. There's nobody sounds like E40. No, 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 not, no, not no. Now I'm now I'm actually questioning because I know we we were going to talk about. Like, I mean, shit. Drake stole fucking Fonte's whole steez. Like, come hey, on, man. Man. go listen to don't, Little Brother. Go listen to Little right Brother now. and listen to Drake. And you'd be like, oh wow. It's, <laughs> Stop exposing the man, man. I'm just saying, like. Stop exposing the game. <laughs> I'm just saying, man. Like, do do your Googles. Do do your Googles, man. Hold on. I think I think the homie ESPN Eric wants to jump on. And this it's ironically wants to come on. So he's gonna talk about the baby next, but um, but yeah, yeah, oh, man. I, I had another through line with Drake with logic. I can't think of my my point that I had, but um this is one of those things where it's like another person that Kanye West has influenced that you know give him his flowers as well for kind of influencing a, an entire generation of people. I, I now I think logic, one thing that I, I didn't care for, which I think he tried to pay too much homage to Kanye West, whether it be him or his production team, because like he even did, he like did his own version of last call. Yeah. Which again, a lot of people have done, but his was Not a like, lot, but a few people like J. Very, Cole did it. His was very, well, his was over. J. Cole was, was kind of felt natural. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. His was like, yo, I, I love Kanye West's last call. I've always wanted to do one. I'm going to do one now. The beat even, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's it's corny, but it's what it, he's happy that he's, he's, he's even he's, in a position to do that. He he gives he gives too much. Like, he says yeah. too much. Like, he's, he's so, like, super excited to be doing it that he just like, okay, this is what I'm doing. This is what I was thinking, so I'm just going to go ahead and do this, right? Are you guys ready? I'm going to do the Kanye West thing. This is what's going to happen. I'm doing the Kanye thing. All right, this is last call. Remember, last call from college, uh, college dropout? I'm, gonna, I'm about to do that. It's just like, hey, bro, calm down. Like, we got it. Just chill out a little bit. Yeah, and, and again, that's just that's just who he is. I can't knock that, but I, I see how people would say that was corny. But that that was the only thing that I didn't really care for just because I, you know, I don't know. But the, the whole concept thing with the, the spaceship and all that shit, that shit was super cool. Yeah, I like it. I like it. And a lot of rappers aren't really doing the concept stuff. Like, Well, but then he was also doing a well. point, too. And I'm like, I, like, dog, like, people, I feel like it's kind of the thing with the uh, – the thing that uh, Wale does, except he actually has like, like he sells out a lot and has like multi platinum records. And he kind of does the whole Wale thing, like, yo, this is what I'm doing. Nobody's paying attention. It was like, dog, like you were loved by the world. Like, um, one of his other albums, he started out essentially with like two full minutes of voicemails and voice messages from fans from Australia to Africa to Jamaica telling them how much they love him. Like, bro, you were good. Just logic, is, good. logic like, is a big deal in real life. Maybe not on Twitter, but in real life, that man sold out like some he did numbers on his tours, like numbers. 
Yeah, I'm just like, and you know what I'm saying? Like, he's, he's definitely gained a fan in me, so I'm definitely going to finish up. I'll probably make a playlist of my favorite songs, but there's there's so much good music throughout his albums. It's just like, it's it's really, 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 really good stuff. Um, let me see. Da, 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 da. He's, definitely one of the, he's definitely one of the better rappers of this era. Yeah, and, and shout out to him. Like, and one thing I was thinking about is like he actually essentially called out Jay Z for a verse, and I was like, you know what? This is where the whole Twitter rap hip hop narrative gets on my nerves when I heard that. Like, people are championing and crying for Two Chains to get a verse with Jay Z. I'm like, I'd much rather hear a song with Logic and Jay Z versus Two Chains and Jay Z. I think it's one of those things that sounds cool. But like, dog, Logic is out here like rapping his ass off. You know what I'm saying? Two chains. Well, two chains. Two chains has been out here asking for horsepower. Pull one. I got horsepower. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm different. Yeah, I'm different. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's, there's two different. We're we're doing two different things here. Okay, but if I'm two chains, if I'm two chains, and I've been asking Jay Z for a verse, and he can't give me a verse, but you can give Meek Mill two verses. Like nah, dog. That's kind of disrespectful. Like I feel like I'm better than Meek Mill. At least I get a, I can get a verse. If he can, if Meek Mill can get a verse, Two Chains should be able to get a verse. Like that's crazy. Uh, yeah, but they they have their you know relationships and him getting them out of jail and Robert Kraft, all that weird shit that that they be doing together. Man, if I'm Two Chains, I'm like yo. If you can do a fucking whole album with Jay Electronica, I should be able to get one verse. One, but that's his. That's his. That's his man's though. Like he hey, fuck that. <laughs> you get J Cole verse, man. I'm good. I'm just gonna rap with J Cole. <laughs> Shout to all the fake, fake J Electronica fans. That shit lasted all of like. That shit was over. That shit was over by Friday afternoon. That shit was out of here. I'm like, this shit is. I gave it a shot, but man, that album is ugh, ugh, man. the well. The one that he, the second one was, I think, the one he wanted to put out because it was it was put together way better than the the first one. I think they actually took it off title last time I checked, but Yikes. yeah, title be doing some weird stuff. Where's Eric at? I sent him the invite. I don't know if he does know how to use the computer, but um, but yeah, I'm, I'm almost ready. I'm almost ready to do the the Vince Staples episode whenever we can get. Rev on here, like I, I've listened to this album like a zillion times. I listen to it almost every day. Like I, I, so like, I would listen to it in between Logic albums. I'm like, yep, let's take a Logic yeah, break. It's, and so, go ahead it's and so quick. Staples. It's so quick. It's so quick and easy. But it's just like uh, Pratt was talking about. Like, hey, what's the album of the year? Like, is it? It's a tie between Tyler, J Cole, and Nas. And I was like, well, I think Conway is in that discussion. But I've listened to Vince Staples' album the most this year. Like he's. And it's but it's like a twenty minute long album. It's so quick and easy. It's a I don't want to say it's a fun listen because of the content, but it's an easy listen. Like I, I, I don't want to say it's the album of the year, but I've li- I cannot stop listening to it. Yeah, I, I had a I had another hot hot take hot but, takes, and it, it comes from. And this is another conversation for another day, but it comes from your man Ocho. <clears throat> he tweeted out he was he was doing his thing. He, he, he was pushing his he was pushing his agenda. Agendas. He 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 is the the agenda god on Twitter. But I did see him tweet out something about Pusher T, which I tend to ignore because I I know what he's doing with that. But it made me think about one of his tweets, 
<laughs> and he said, yo, is uh, Daytona a classic? And I think people people have said that. I think that's kind of maybe the consensus, possibly, maybe. I would agree with that. So <clears throat> thinking about that, I was thinking about Vince Staples. And I'm like, shit, if Daytona's a classic, why is Vince Staples not a classic? Or why because it came out a few months ago. It came out too yeah. early. Yeah, I, I was. I was gonna say that. I was gonna say that Daytona was the last classic to probably come out. But then I forgot that uh, that Royce album came out last or two years ago. I I think that's a classic for me. And and, and look who's decided to grace us with his presence. The the it's king of ESPN, Eric. What was going on? My, my, my guy. What's going on? What's going on, guys? How you <laughs> I ain't even started yet, man. Even... Actually, shout, shout to Eric. You know, what I'm saying he he uh you know one of the troops. You know, one one of our veterans that we have along with Marcus. Uh, if we had better production, there'd be like a round of applause track. You know, salute you for your service. You know, what I'm saying. Actually, while you're here, I know Marcus brought this up earlier. Um, as far as let's let's talk about the COVID real quick. Uh, Marcus did detail that. And I've Googled this. So I saw some bad takes on the internet, but as far as like COVID, a lot of these people are like, oh, I don't want to get it because it's not FDA approved or whatever. But Marx was saying like, you know, when you join, they just kind of stick you with all kinds of shit. You just be like, all right. Like, yeah. But now it's like, oh, wait a second. Wait a second. I drink, I drink white monsters and dip all day, but I don't know about this. I don't want to put this in my body yeah. yet. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. what, what are your thoughts? You know, man, I was I was skeptical about it, to be honest with you, at one point in time. But you know, being you know being in the military at one point, like we kind of sort of had first dibs on it. So, you know, we we were never mandated to, to take it to utilize it or anything like that. But we were mandated to at least be informed about it, and and that's what they did. They gave us the proper information. And whatever we did with it is whatever we did with it. So I decided to get vaccinated in February. So you know, it, it is what it is, man. I'm I'm not I'm not dead. You know, I don't have 18 toes. I don't have a tail growing out of me or anything like that. Like I'm perfectly fine now. So I mean, the vaccination is one thing. If you don't want to get it, it's fine. But my whole thing is, I I have a I have an issue with those individuals that don't want to get it. And don't want to, you know, adhere to any of the protocols or anything like that. Like they don't, they don't want to wear masks. They don't want to have social distance. They don't want to do anything. So why, like this is this is the reason why this country is in the shape that it is now because people are so stubborn. You know, you don't have to get it, but damn, at least put a mask on. You don't want to do that either. Like it's that's what makes it even more complicated. Well, since since you're there and you say you're you're big on us. Uh, Sports coverage, specifically the NFL. You, did you hear the Kirk Cousins comments regarding that, regarding like getting the vaccine and all all that stuff? I I did I did you know and and Kirk Cousins is you know he's he has his right to his opinion. Um, and we have the right to flame it for that opinion. As people, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the general public has the right to be upset as well. Um, you know. Again, I'm not, I'm not 
the one that's going to sit here and say like, man, all athletes should get it, you know, because you know they're they're. It is kind of sort of of a personal decision whether or not you want to get it. I understand, um, but I don't under what I don't get honestly are the the players that are willing to walk away from the sport that they're in in general simply because of the shot. Like especially in the in the in the sport of football, um, the amount of injuries that you're facing every time you take the field that doesn't scare you away from the sport. But the fact that you don't want to get a vaccine that in large in part has shown that it's worked. The fact that you were willing to walk away from your profession because of that, like that, that, you know, I, that's my, well, that's, that's, that's more on the extreme end though, because even on the lower really end is. of that spectrum is like, yo, the NFL is not playing with it this year. If your team has a breakout, you're not getting paid. Right. They're not getting paid and you're taking right. an L. So you're I willing to risk, your season that you break your body down, you've been working your whole life because you may or may not possibly affect some of your teammates, which is going to affect all the money. How can you, know you how can you fault Roger Goodell and the NFL for what they're doing? I mean, they 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 walked a thin line last year, and they got lucky. Let's just be honest; they got lucky to have an entire regular season, a playoffs, and a Super Bowl. They got super lucky. Like, of course, of course. They had some postponements of games that were moved to different days, but they didn't lose one game, and they got lucky by that. And honestly, I don't blame him for not wanting to go through that again. So, you know, if you're you're putting you're putting the onus on the players, if you want to jeopardize the season for your team and for the rest of the league, that's on you. But the league decided to say, "Hey, we're not going to." allow that to fall on our shoulders as the league. Um, so, again, I don't blame them. They got lucky last year. They, they were playing with fire, um, and it, it, it looked bad, especially from, you know, the Titans' point of view when, they, you know, the Titans got, had some issues early in the season. And then, of course, Lamar Jackson got, you know, he, he ended up catching COVID. You know, one of the few stars of the league that ended up getting it, and it almost wrecked their season as well. Um, so... Again, I he's he's in the he, he's pretty much in the cat twenty two right now. Like, do you do you piss off the players and kind of sort of like, hey, if you don't get it and you guys have a breakout and you lose a game, or do you piss off, you know, the fans and 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 loot and you know, like Marcus was saying, losing possible money by not having more strict protocols in place. So I I, I don't I don't blame them for for kind of upping the ante a little bit this year. Yep, can't miss out on them games, man. But like the whole Kirk Cousins thing, uh, if you don't know like what he said or kind of don't understand what he stands for, just YouTube his dad. That'll kind of give you an idea of like wh- who raised him and what he kind of he thinks and his ideologies. Yeah, <laughs> like, Kirk Cousins it's, it's has always crazy. been different. He's always been different. Um, so that's why you kind of sort of just got to let Kirk say what he can get to say. Or what he wanted to say and just, just let it just keep it moving. Well, I guess it doesn't really matter. I mean, they were seven and nine last year, so I mean, right. I guess they're not really like in contention. Came back. I think they're a possible dark horse playoff team. Now, would they have a playoff run? No, but I can see them getting that last wild card spot. 
I can see him. I can see him turning seven and nine to nine and seven, or nine and eight, or whatever, or ten and seven, and, and, and sneaking into the playoffs. I can see it. I mean, they had some injuries last year. They keep Dalvin healthy. You know, Justin Jefferson recently just had a shoulder injury, I believe, in training camp, but he's he should be fine by the season opener. Um, if they just keep their guys healthy, I, I think they can make a push for a playoff spot. Yes, I was always of the the Dalvin Cook is greater than uh, Leonard Fournette in the draft, but that's another conversation for another day. Um, so, but I'm I'm sure uh, you didn't jump in to talk about sports. I'm sure you you heard a couple of the other uh, topics that were going on, and I'm sure you had some hot takes to to get off. So, uh, we, we're talking about uh, Donda and Logic, and your uh, your favorite rapper, the Baby, was actually next up on the docket. So this is actually. For the very time <laughs> podcast and entertainment purpose, the baby is shamancing them. So I, I, I randomly on Twitter asked, I was like, hey, can anybody name me their 10 favorite the baby songs? You were the only one who responded with 10 songs. That's your man's. That's your <laughs> I didn't know he had I live in Charlotte. Like that's like that's oh that's all God. that's being played most of the times when you ride around Charlotte, man. That's all you really hear is is the baby. You hear some J Cole. Um, they put a little Pete Pablo or nothing like that. Like nobody plays. <laughs> he don't even play his own stuff, man. Let's be real. He don't even play his own. Stuff. Oh my God! <laughs> nah. Shout out to the guy Pete Pablo, man. That's not baby. Baby's not my favorite rapper. I I like I like baby only because. You know, I'm a, I'm a Carolina guy, so I, I pretty much got a root for anybody that that makes it mainstream out of Carolina. So, you know, his his recent comments, I'm not gonna touch. Yeah, we didn't even press you on those. You nah. know, already know what, you're that nah. what else we talk? We ain't gonna talk about. His, I know y'all not gonna talk about his music. So I mean, you not right. Even, that. <laughs> so, so I wasn't gonna talk about the. I wasn't talk about the comment. I just want to talk about the response. You know what I'm saying? Like we got to dig into the comments because you know we know it's a sensitive topic. But the my issue is, and like I said, you can stay off if you want to, but he he kind of doubled down. He's like, you know what? Nah, Absolutely. I'm gonna do this. This is what I'm gonna do. And then shortly, shortly afterwards, after uh, he began to uh, being dropped off uh, concert stage and festival stage after festival stage, the old the good old tried and true social media apology was released. Um, yeah. The baby put out social media moves so fast that people want to demolish you before you even matter of fact, let me start over. Social uh the baby's publicist, because I know he didn't type this, put out social media moves so fast that people want to demolish you before you even have the opportunity to grow, educate, and learn from your mistakes. As man who has had to make his own way from the very difficult circumstances, having people I know public publicly working against me, knowing what I needed was education on these topics and guidance. Has been challenging. I appreciate the many people who came to me with kindness. Reach out to me privately to offer wisdom, education, and resources. That's what I needed, and it was received. I want to apologize to the LGBTQ plus community for the hurtful and triggering comments I made. Again, I apologize for my misinformed comments about HIV slash AIDS, and I know education on this is important. Love to all. God bless the baby. Shout out to his publicist. That was well written, well punctuated, hit all the hit all the marks. You know, he should give his publicist a raise. You better give the whole team a raise, man. As much well, as he, he actually he can't because he done lost all his money from these festivals he's been taking off. So he probably needs to, you know, cut back on some spending. So, but the baby is twenty nine years old. Look, here's here's the thing, man. When it comes to 
you know, the LGBT community, like you tread lightly, okay? If you feel indifferent about their beliefs or their stances, tread lightly, man. My whole thing is look, you know, when they, and of course, his name all it, you know often comes up, but you know, Little Nas X is he's a different artist, absolutely. The reason why I'm cheering, I'm not. I'll be. I'll be the first to say I don't listen to his music, but I'm always going to root for him because he's breaking boundaries. He's doing that as an African American male in, in today's society. So I'm going to always be proud of what he does. Is what he does, you know, different? Absolutely. I never thought I would see a music video where, you know, <laughs> all pink. Like that, but that's his thing. Let him do his thing. Let that community do their thing. Like that's you. You just if, if everybody's happy and everybody's on one accord, then that's all that really matters. Let's like, and, and especially when it comes to that, and you you know you mentioned it. Like that's a. I, I don't know why if you're an artist or if you're a celebrity, I don't know why you haven't understood at this point. Like when you when you mess with that community, and it doesn't go the right way. You you lose a lot of money, man. Like you lose a lot of sponsorships, you lose a lot of opportunities. It just it just falls by the wayside. Like you you really have to tread lightly when it comes to that. So just and when it came to his PR team, like yeah, you can tell what he wrote, what he said, and what he didn't say. And I'm pretty sure you know he's regretting it at this point. Um, I hope he learns from it. I, I kind of push back on the tread lightly part because, like, there was no treading to be done. Like he unsol he unsolicited he he put out unsolicited slander, like for no, no yeah. like it was uncalled for. The and, reason and why I say tread lightly is because there are people out there who you know they have a certain opinion about the community. Now that doesn't mean they need to slander the entire community, you know, the way that he did. Or, but I mean, if, if you feel indifferent about him, that's fine. But you you don't need to publicly say that, you know, this community is, you know, somewhat tied to, you know, an STD or some type of disease or anything like that. Like that's, what are you doing when you're saying that? Like yeah. you, <laughs> That's just, that's ignorance though, because you could probably, is, yeah. a, a majority, shit, a majority of STDs, why do you mean Google it, come from straight people. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like, right. So for him to talk out of the side of his neck like that, it's it's just it's just out of control. Yeah, and yeah. It I, I didn't understand it, but it is what it is. Hopefully, like you said, he he learns from this. But I mean, we'll see. But hopefully, it's not a lesson that was learned too late. Not going to see or hear much from him at this point. He's going to you know disappear into the abyss for the next six months. Nah, I don't even think. I don't think so. Nah. That in this era, man, tweet through it. It'll, somebody, somebody else will come out and do something stupid or say something stupid. Yeah, Ti and his wife are out here wilding allegedly. Right. And they tweeted through all that. The next, the next thing will happen, and he'll fade away. He'll fade away for a few months. Let somebody else get in some heat, and then he'll drop a single out of nowhere. Yeah, you know, he's back on the scene. That's, that's what cool. I mean. That's, 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 that's he'll he'll probably drop one around Christmas time. Wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, uh, it, it's it's definitely interesting. I, I don't know. It's 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 weird though, and I, we're kind of we'll bounce off this topic, but it's weird how I guess little Nas X has been the, the lightning rod for this. I, I know he will not call out because he's a su superior artist, and it's it's my guy right here, Tyler the Creator. Bam! Shout out to him. Might be album of the year. You know what I'm saying? Call me if you get lost. 
Like I feel like he's kind of working on breaking down those barriers because he's 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 a great artist, puts out great music, and it doesn't really. Hmm. Might be album of the year. Might be. It's in the conversation. It's in the conversation. Who's who's in who's who else is in the conversation? Ah, uh, so at a show that I. I don't know if I'd risk COVID for it, but uh, but another gentleman like California has actually been locking down this year as far as albums and music. Um, <clears throat> I would have to say Vince Staples is in this conversation. Okay. Don't get murdered. That's all Ooh, I'm saying, bro. Uh, th- that's going to be my two for now. I haven't listened to Kings of these two yet. Yet? Um, yeah, for me. Right right who, who asked for that? What do you mean? Uh, who asked for Kings of these two? Where's the exactly. whole- the who? Where's the off season? Who's who's the off season? What is that? <laughs> oh. Let me let me go to title real quick. Shout mm. out to title. I was gonna say that for me the uh, the album the album of the year conversation right now for me number one is Conway, but J Cole, Tyler the Creator, and Nas, and maybe Vince Staples are are in the conversation. But for me, it's still it's still okay. Conway though. I, I I listened to it again today, and I'm just like. No one is out rapping this guy right now. Like he's been rapping his ass off this year. Dog, I forgot that was the name of his album he just put out. That's crazy. But I haven't. That shit just has zero replay value for me, dog. I'm not. J Cole. Yes. Jermaine. Zero. Zero. Cole. I'm not. I'm not even gonna front, man. It is what it is. I'm gonna I'm run it back here soon. But I, I've been I've been trying to go through this logic catalog, and I cannot stop listening to this Staples. It's like East Coast bias, man. I can't stop. Won't stop, bad boy, baby. Yeah, I can't. Like, yeah, I, I'll run it back, but it's like I even have some J Cole songs on my playlist, and they'll come on, and I'm like, I, I really, I, I don't want to listen to this. Like, no knock on him, it's just the vibe is not there for me. Like, I usually listen to music at gym at the gym, so it's not really the gym music, if that makes sense. So, but you know, it is what it is. The God. God, oh, MC. God. They told me it was a classic. Oh, man. Bro, it's cold. We talk. He is so disrespectful. It's ridiculous. It's not disrespect. It's just personal. Nah, I don't know if he's uh, disrespected. A little strong. A little strong. He's got platinum features like three times. Know, he didn't even know the name of his album. Look, I forgot. Look, we live in a microwave well, society. It came out like two months ago. It was like, wait. Bro, in, <laughs> in, in internet time, that's like two years ago, dog. Like I, I've listened to, I listened to like six Logic albums this week, dog. Like my brain is Logic down right now. It's Logic and Vince Staples for me right now, as far as the music I've consumed. What's up with this love for Logic? What's what's up with that? Oh, so actually, so I never actually listened to a Logic album until this week, and I ran through his catalog. And I, if you go back and listen to the podcast, I would give him my my stamp of approval. He is an excellent artist. You could argue if. If he had more black features, that he may be giving Jermaine Cole a run for his money. For sure. Overall, talent wise, period. Not even close. Trust me. Go listen to him. If you if you're a fan of Kanye West, you will enjoy Logic's music. If, if you're a fan of what Kanye West, stop it. <laughs> this is look. If you Logic on the same plateau as Kanye, I did, I did, I did not say that. You're misinterpreting what I'm saying. If you're a, a fan Kanye, of that, type I'm of, a Kanye fan. I'm look. I, I there's only a few artists I will put on a cape for on Twitter, and it's unbecoming. And Kanye West is one of them. But if people would have branded Logic as like, hey, if you like Kanye West, you will like Logic. And I was like, all right, 
I could see it after listening to it. Who There's a lot that? of I'm saying that because it's the truth. And he said that because I was like his favorite rapper. There's a lot of influence from Kanye West in Logic's music. That's what I'm saying. So if you enjoy Kanye's music, then you should enjoy Logic's music. If that makes sense. Logic can rap. All right. Don't don't let it don't let the jokes don't let Twitter get it twisted. That man can spit. He's a lyricist. He he can, but I'm not I'm not even when when I think I they are just in different stratospheres. Okay, like again, I'm not saying from ability, I'm saying from the influence. If you like that type of music, then you will enjoy the music that logic Logic has had that type of influence. No, Kanye's influence on logic. Okay. Okay. So a lot of like Logic's first song he put out in his first album has a sample of a Kanye West song. Look at the chat. Look at the chat. Look at the chat. Yeah, what, yeah. what did I say? What did I say? That's that <laughs> propaganda. That's all it is. It's a, it's pushing your agenda, pushing the agenda. That's the agenda. That's the story on Logic. It's like Logic oh, he's not, he rap about being mixed. He mixed. He mixed. Like. Okay, he does have a he couple more songs. He does. He does, he does not, mention it's... that, but it it's that's not who he is. Like if you actually listen to a lot of his other stuff, there's a lot of songs where he doesn't bring that up. But a lot of his earlier work, honestly, when he wasn't as big of an artist, but but that's that's the book on logic on Twitter. It's like, hey, he just rapped about being uh mixed. It's like, all right, man. Like, and, and we talked about it. It's just because of how he looks. If he was a little bit darker and had a couple more black features, then this would this would be a non-conversation. Because he looks like a, a a full white man, he probably got tired of explaining to people why he could say the N-word. Because like, if you see him in the street saying the N-word, which he probably has been around his people his whole life, you know that, yeah, his dad is black. Because those are the rules that we made, right? If you have a black parent, you're black, correct? You know what I'm saying? Them's is the rules. Oh, well, those are not the rules. Oh, I'm. Let's hear this hot take. I'm interested. How 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 do you parse this up? Since you're shaking your head, so J Cole can't say the N word, right? Drake can't say the N word, right? I just don't feel comfortable about Drake saying it sometimes. Yes, Drake did his entire interview with uh, Rap Radar and didn't say the N word one time, which I found strange. But that's neither here nor there. But continue. What, what do you think, Eric? You're, you're pondering. I see the smoke Honestly, rising, rising from your durag. I know, I know he say he's mixed. I can't even look at logic and, and, and <laughs> it's it's because his features he has like literally no black features, but he is a he's no, black. He he's looks black, white. Though. I, I can't look black. at like okay. I can look at Drake. Okay, Drake's mixed. Okay, J Cole. J Cole's mixed. Logic is white. He can't help. He can't help the genes that he got. That's not his fault. He had nothing to do with that. His dad is black. It is what it is. The rules is, is mixed. Really? I, mean, I don't. I thought he was Who? black. Jordan Luke, uh, Luke. Yeah, Jordan Lucas is mixed. Jordan Lucas is mixed, right? Oh, oh yeah. but he has black features though. Who logic? No, 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 Jordan Lucas. Oh yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like they, all these guys have black features. I don't. Yeah, see that but it, but that doesn't matter. He has a his dad is black. Like that ain't that them the rules. His dad is black. He, he can say that word. Fat Joe says that word. He's Mexican or Puerto Rican or something like that. He gets a pass. DJ Khaled was yelling the N word from the Raptures. He got a pass for a long time. You know what I'm saying? Whatever logic you're thinking of, it doesn't make sense because you got to apply it across the board. You know what I'm saying? It can't be, hey, you look black, you can say the N word. He has black. He has a black dad. He's in. 
Now, I, I will say that across the six albums I listened to, I, he might have said it once per album. So maybe once one per one song per album, telling a story, he'd say it. But it wasn't like, yo, he wouldn't say it all the time. But I mean, I honestly feel he should have leaned into it. Fuck it, like yo, if y'all y'all want to try me, I'm gonna pull up my family photo album every time. Like yo, it's my dad. Like, what, what do you want to do? People get tired of hearing about that. Well, I think he got tired of hearing about it, and that's why that's the narrative on him. Like we get the point. We understand you have you have mixed. We get it. We get the point. Yeah, I, I feel like maybe in an era without social media, it wouldn't have been such a an issue. But right. I mean. It's one of those things the younger kids that are on there all the time, and I know he hears this shit all the time. So it's you can tell that it bothers him. But he makes great music. I highly recommend you checking out his discography. I'm almost done with it. That's yeah, bro. I'm telling you, I listened to all. I listened to six albums. He only said it like once every. I actually screenshotted every song he said that we're on, just for my own personal records. So I didn't know if he was he was doing that, but apparently he's out here. But and it didn't sound weird. Like it, it was pretty. It sounded pretty natural. Right, so but anywho, okay, <laughs> that's hilarious. It, 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 it's logic, I, it doesn't. It, no. uh, and again, I had that kind of that same mindset. I'm telling you, this dude puts out excellent music. I am telling he's you, a, he's a top tier rapper for sure. He, he is an excellent rapper. rapper. I'm I trust in terms, of, in terms of lyricism, lyricism, production. Look. You get judged by your peers. He has songs with Wu Tang Clan, Ghostface Killer, Eminem, Big Sean. You know what I'm saying? He he called out Jay Z for a verse, which I would love to see happen. Like he's on there with the greats in the game. You know what I'm saying? Like that. Loud. That's got to say something about your your work ethic and what you do. He's worked with No ID, who is Kanye West's mentor. So I'm not if I'm No ID. I'm not co-signing this dude if he's not legit. You know what I'm saying? He needs to pipe down. Like the Jay Z thing, like that's. It's out of your league, buddy. It's out of your league. Right? I, I, in 2021, out of your league, buddy. It's out of your league. God, I don't know if anybody's out of logic league. Hey, man, I told y'all before, I'm not moving off that stance. Jay Z is the greatest rapper of all time. You know? Oh, that's my stance too. I'm right there with you. Oh yeah, I'm. I'm the other rapper I will stand is a Jay Z. I don't have to because it's, his greatness says enough for itself, but. I'm not saying it's not a. It's, I'm just saying he he is confident enough in his ability, and for me listening to it, he's like, "Yo, I want to get on the verse with Jay." He's on a verse. With, he's got a song with Eminem, right? Why why yeah, wouldn't he? Man, why he wouldn't he? With anybody, though, that's the thing. I'm just saying, but why wouldn't he? Think he couldn't get on the song with Jay Z if he's on a song with Eminem. You, you know said Jay Z's very selective. Very selective. Yeah, Jay Z got a song with Meek. He got a song with Meek Mill. You can't be that selective. <laughs> Who is Meek Mill signed to? Yeah, that's, okay. that, that, that's what I He think. also won't get on a song with J. Cole either, though. He didn't get on a song with J. Cole it's, since, it's, like, 2011. It took, forever. it took him forever to get on a song with J. Cole. He did it on his first album, and he hasn't done it since. <laughs> like, he just won't do it. Hashtag you, you do, watch. Who, who's doing songs with Meek Mill in 2020? Like, you're doing songs recently with this guy? Like, oh. Come on, Meek, was, <laughs> Meek had just got out of jail. Like, of course. No, he, that was the right time to get on a song with Meek. No one. Meek. Don't act like what's free. You don't act like what's free, wasn't it? Wasn't wasn't. What's free? What's free? Okay, let's talk about what we talk. Let's talk about what we talk about on what's free. The first thing we talk about on what's free, Jay's verse. The second thing we talk about on what's free, Rick Ross's verse. The third thing we talk about on what's free, 
the production. The fourth, th the fourth thing we talk about is the shot at Takashi Six Nine. The fifth or sixth thing we start mentioning. Oh yeah, Meek is on that song. He's yeah, Meek Mill's on it. It's on his album. Did you listen to his album? No, not really. I just I saw a Rick Ross uh, Jay Z feature, so I went to that. I ain't really checking for Meek Mill like that in 2020 because who is? Who is? Who amongst us? That's Meek's fault. That's not dirty, Jay. brave Philly dudes are <laughs> not for, for Meek Mill in 2021. Meek Mill needs to go sit down somewhere, man. He really do. That's what the baby needs to do. He needs to pull a book out of Meek Mill's playbook. Just shut the fuck up for a while and just do nothing. Let people forget about you and then come back with a fire song. Saying, and like, all right. The baby needs to just fade away for a bit. Like just going hiding for a few months. Because Meek, Meek, Mill be, <laughs> Meek Mill be tweeting like a bottle girl sometimes. I'm like, bro, what are you talking about, man? Get out of here. Yo, he needs to get rid of the whole baby aesthetic. Like, uh, the whole diaper thing. Like, bro, you I feel like you're too big of an artist to be out here having, like, grown diaper <laughs> man puppet things. Like, come on, dog. Like, He's in too deep at this point, man. He might as well. Exactly. That man is entrenched. Run with it. He might as well. It's part of your image. Now, I, I, I guess. I, heard someone, I saw someone uh, comment about, you know, Donda being released. And... Look, man, I don't think that thing's coming out anytime soon. I'm just being at this point. I would love for it to come out like tomorrow or or whatever next week, but it would never happen. Like I don't, I don't, I think, I think Kanye is so enamored with the attention from the theatrics that he's putting on right now that he's just going to kind of ride that out a little bit. I mean, because he's getting so much attention right now. Like the fact that the album is not even out. I mean, you got people. You got people streaming him on Apple Music, just watching him do push-ups in his in his little closet in Mercedes-Benz Stadium. Like he he's he's gonna ride this thing out a little bit. So I, I don't think we're gonna hear Don anytime soon. Nah, we're gonna hear it as soon as Certified Lover Boy drops. We're here the same day, which will never fucking drop. That's not dropping either. I don't <laughs> no. know. You know what? Hey, look, I, I it was supposed to drop for in January. January. And what's the issue? Well, I know the first it got pushed back because he tore his ACL, which I didn't understand that. Because like, are you going on a press tour? Are you going on tour anytime? Because like, you can't right. do that because of global pandemic. But right. he said it was dropping at the end of the summer. And if you actually, if you Google it, scientifically speaking, I believe summer ends sometime in like the second week of September. So I'm thinking like, you know, I thought like, oh, it'll drop in August. No, it'll probably be like the first weekend of September. And then we'll get down to so it's a win-win. So real quick, I'm, I'm going to drop a bomb before I uh, make my exit stage left. I'll let you two uh, finish this this topic up. Uh, I know Marcus <laughs> about, talk about the NFL Hall of Fame, uh, Hall of Fame game, which I didn't see anybody tweet about, but that's neither here nor there. Also the Lakers, uh, my Los Angeles Lakers, uh, they, they want to be the oldest team in the league, apparently. Um, but the that's, bomb, only, that's only if they lose. Yeah, it's going to be fun next year, man. It really is. It'll, it'll be interesting. But the bomb I'm going to drop is, <laughs> is Aaliyah overrated, right? Is, is she a, a mid-artist? Because if we're if we're keeping it a buck, like, where do we actually rank her as an R&B singer? Like, I'm not going to lie. Me and the homie, um, fuck, I got a Grammy shout to him. I kind of feel like we're on the same wavelength. Like, I've never really just been sitting at my house like, yo, 
let's cut on some Aaliyah, bro. Like, nah, man. I feel like there's a bunch of other R&B songstress I'd rather listen to. Um, <clears throat> I mean, if we're being honest, she low-key is kind of canceled just by relation to R. Kelly, right? Um, so we got to get her out the paint. Let's start by the marriage. campaign. Hashtag cancel Aaliyah. By marriage. Um, oh, God. I forgot about that. Yeah, so if we're using the, 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 the properties of what transitive properties low-key i don't want to see no no tweets or no streams of no songs that r kelly wrote for Aaliyah on my timeline problematic let me know what you guys think um i, I i'm out of here god bless eric you're a king black king shout out to you um i think we're, we're we're gonna wrap this up with this the this nfl because <laughs> i try to get away from this Aaliyah thing <laughs> i don't want any parts of this so so the 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 hall of fame is uh today they're, they this nigga actually like, left. Yeah. <laughs> he dropped this Aaliyah thing. It's like, all right, I'm out. <laughs> but, okay, so the Hall of Fame enshrinement, right, is going on. I think it's it should be over at this point. And uh, from from my team back here, the Colts, they have two guys going in, Peyton Manning and Edron James. And they've been taking over. There's been a lot of pictures being taken with uh, Jim Irsay, Reggie Wayne, Peyton, Edge, uh, number 88. I will not mention his name. But I was thinking about, like, I'm, is Jim Ursay overrated as an owner? Because I think about some of the teams that had multiple Hall of Famers on their team at the same time. And usually you get more than one Super Bowl ring out of that. Like I think of the Cowboys, 49ers, uh, the Patriots. Like I feel like we should have won more. And because of that, because of Jim Ursay kind of like being neglectful and not really – being as in it as he should have been, we left a lot on the table. Like we have Hall of Fame, like Peyton Manning. It, it's one thing to have a Hall of Fame quarterback. We have qu- like an unquestionable top three quarterback ever. Like if you if you're ranking quarterbacks all time, Peyton Manning is at least in the top three. I would say. So you have him. Who's elevating Ursay to even pose the question: Is he overrated? Like. Colts fans, Colts fans, and and and, and it's and, and it's Ursay Ur- himself. He's kind of doing a little kind of a victory lap where he's running around. Yeah, he's always been that way. He's always he's been that showing off his ring. I'm like, bro, how do you only have how do you only have one ring? Drafted arguably the greatest quarterback in NFL history, and you have one ring twice, twice, twice. You have one one ring from it. So it's like, not only that, but you know. The whole Andrew Luck thing, how that ended, that kind of fell on your lap a little bit. Too. That's on him, man. You know, and then we're not even going to get into the all the you know off off the field DUI situations that he's you know that's attached to his name as well. He's he's a great owner to an aspect where, in the midst of the Patriots dynasty over the past twenty years. He was one of those owners that was able to put together a functional franchise that was able to contend against that dynasty because that, that was the, that was the real dynasty, the Patriots. Yeah. But he was able to construct a team that said, Hey, we can beat these guys. We can contend. We can be able to, to at least, you know, put ourselves in the championship picture. And they did. And I agree with you though. They definitely should have more than one ring, especially I guess they should have beat the saints. First time, I don't. I don't, no, I don't want to talk about that. Yeah, we're not even gonna get it. 
They should have at least. I'll say they should have three rings. You drafted a Hall of Fame quarterback, a Hall of Fame wide receiver, another wide receiver who will be in the Hall of Fame, and a Hall of Fame running back within five years. Yeah. Within five years. And you could yeah. and the fact is they couldn't get those four guys yeah. to a Super Bowl. Like yeah. after Edge left, then we were able to get there. I'm, I'm not blaming Edge for that, but like you had those guys and we couldn't have, do it. You also had one of the best pass rushing tandems over the last 20, 25 years. Future Hall of Famers. Future Two of them on defense. Both both were, you know, well over a hundred sacks a piece. Um you know, okay, I'll put it to you this way. He's, he's over the last 25 years, 20, 25 years, yeah, he, he's one of the best. I, I would say he's one of the best owners in the league, absolutely. Is he overrated? I would say absolutely. Yeah, I would say he is. <laughs> because you also you also have to look, look at the coaches that he had. That he hired. That he hired. You had Dungeon. <laughs> I mean, Dungey was not. Yeah, Dungey was straight. I, I'm not mad at the Dungey hiring. I'm mad about like the Chuck Pagano's hirings. The uh, uh, what's that name? The Josh McDaniels episode. Like that was like, <sighs> what the hell is going on? Like, so I mean, you know, I'll I'll say he's overrated to that aspect. Yes, they, the Colts, should definitely have more than one ring over the past. 20 some odd years. Um, well, I, or I would say at least during the Peyton Manning era in Indianapolis, they should def- they should have definitely had more than one. Or at least more appearances, like it, more more it, Super Bowl appearances. Just appearances, I think would have been would have been good enough. Not good enough, but it's like at least get there. You know what I'm saying? Like, and I, I do you think he handled the end of the Peyton Manning era wrong? Do you think he? Like, how do you think he handled that? Because that was a tough situation for any, for a coach, GM, owner, anything. Like that was that was a difficult situation. So, but that's that's almost like the perfect situation to have that happen, though. Like that's honestly what you that's how you want to seamlessly transition from you know legend, MVP, champion type quarterback. Get the next guy. You know what I'm saying? Like we didn't, we never had that. Um, except the year that Peyton got hurt, but he was on the roster, but we never had that. Okay. This is the team. And this team is ass. It's like, we never had that. Yeah. We never had that. We went straight. Like we, yeah, we were two and 14, but we still had Peyton. We still had Reggie. We still had all the play, all Robert Mathis, all those guys. We just didn't have Peyton and coming up. Who's in the draft projected to be number one, the next John Elway. Like why, why don't you? Cause you don't, you don't want to be, you don't want to be the team that's like, all right, you know what we're going to do? We're going to run it back with our old-ass quarterback with his fused-up neck, and we're going to trade this guy. We're going to trade 15 years of this guy for, you know, three more years of Peyton Manning because I think he only played for like four more years after that. So it's like, would you rather have four more years of Peyton Manning and only two of those years are good or 10 to 15 years of Andrew Luck being great and – that's what we should have had happen. But well, how much how much credit are you going to give him for having that tough decision twice 
to draft the right franchise quarterback, and he pretty they pretty much nailed it twice. Yeah, yeah, my my thing is is looking back on it, I never thought that it was a tough decision between Peyton and Ryan Leaf. But now that I go back and kind of read some things and watch some art, watch some things, it was like up until draft night that they didn't know. Leaf they didn't know who they were going to get. They did what? Like Leaf, Ryan Leaf ruined it himself. Like he, there was a legit possibility that he could have went number one overall, but it was the little things yeah. that he yeah. did that shot him in the foot that said, okay, you know what? We're going to go and Peyton. Yeah. 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 So I, I, I'll give him credit for Peyton Manning. But I'm not giving him credit for Andrew Luck. Like, I know for me, there was a part of me, like a very tiny, small part of me that was like, you know what? I kind of want, I kind of want RG3. There was a small wow. time in my life where I, okay. Because, because I had never had a black quarterback. I just wanted to see what it looked like. I ain't going to lie. I'm not going to lie. I'm going to be honest. I'm not going to be honest. I'm going to be honest. That's what I wanted. I was like, hey, man. RG3, he could throw, he can run, he's got braids, and braids is kind of trash, but he still got him. You know, I, I'm glad I'm glad Jim Ursay went away from that, but that was my reasoning. I was like, you know, he can't be that much worse than Andrew Luck. Like, we could trade down, maybe, get a couple more draft picks. <laughs> I just wanted to see what it would look like to see a black quarterback in a cartoon. <laughs> hey, it's pretty cool, man. I just want to let you know. <laughs> it wouldn't have been bad. It's pretty cool, man. I'll be honest. Oh, but here's the here's the thing. The crazy thing is like uh looking back on that draft is that Jim Ursay, he'll I feel like a lot of teams will say this, but he he says that uh they were going to pick Russell Wilson in that same draft in the fourth round, but he got the Seattle picked him up before then. And I'm just like So they were gonna I don't know if I believe him bit like Washington did that year. Yeah. I don't know if I believe that because I feel like it's easy to say that. I feel like a lot of teams will be like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We had our eye on Tom Brady in the sixth round. He was gone by then. Like, it just makes you sound like you you saw what everybody else sees. But, like, nobody saw that. Nobody saw Tom Brady being that. If you saw that, you'd have picked him up earlier. Like, if you knew that Russell Wilson was going to be what he is, why are you waiting to the fourth round to pick him? Get him now. So I never under I never understood that, but like I feel like I would I, there's an alternate timeline where they are able to have Russell Wilson and Andrew Luck kind of does what he does and then he retires and Russell Wilson just steps in there. Or it's the same thing that happened in Washington where there's like this quarterback controversy and it's like a battle and you end up having to pick one or the other and trade the other guy. I never um, thought that was a smart idea. And he was a Kirk Cousins was forward. like in the third round, right? No, he was a fourth rounder. Yeah. No, nah, you can't do that. Can't I never that. understood why Washington did that. I thought it was like you're that is a dumpster fire waiting to happen. Like it's just well, you draft two quarterbacks in the same draft, knowing that they're they're gonna always be tied to each other. As soon as the one, you know, as soon as he trips over or has a bad game, you're gonna start to hearing the whispers, like, hey, maybe they should play Kirk Cousins. I, I never thought that was a smart idea. I still don't think that's a smart idea. Why why would you want to have well because I'm going off of how the how the Colts run things and it's basically every like the quarterback coach, the offensive coordinator, and the head coach who calls the plays, they all get together and they put together a game plan for the starting quarterback. So it's like why would you want to put that type of pressure and workload on 
two rookies. Like one of them's going to start, but then you have the other one that's supposed to be helping him. He don't know shit either. He's, he's still gonna, learning. Get a veteran gonna, in there. He's going to have to look over his shoulder from day one. That's the thing. From I, jump. I, from before training camp even started, I knew Robert Griffin was thinking like, damn, they drafted me, but they drafted this guy too. Looking over his shoulder from day one. And it's just, you know, how everything ended there in Washington, you know, it, it, it's, it's debatable. Like, I mean, they mismanaged everything, of course. They ruined his career. Mike Shanahan, they ruined his career. Well, that's that's how Washington does that. that. That's what bad teams are. Bad teams fuck up. Like, RG3 was not going to be successful in Washington, no matter what. Like, if he didn't got drafted. Yes, he was. They they ruined it somehow. It's like, there's just, just there's the certain teams that just ruined it for everybody. But the pressure got to him. Like, the man's knee was literally, like, the, the man's knee was literally dangling, and you still wanted to trot him back out there as a rookie in a playoff yeah. game. Like, what are you doing? I yeah, that 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 was that was a disaster waiting to happen. Hello, everybody, and hello, my brother. Assalamu alaikum. Um, I just wanted to inter interact, I mean interrupt your regularly scheduled uh show just to get off a few takes uh myself with everything that's going on in the world. Uh South Breeze needs to be permanently removed from this show. Um, because, for of Aaliyah, because of the Leah comments, right? For the Leah comments, like I, oh, yeah. you know, I was doing my homework, trying to be, okay. you know, supportive of the podcast right. while I balanced yeah. trying to make infographics uh, yeah. for my assignment due in my cybersecurity class, and this black ass, big lip nigga has the audacity to talk about a living legend, our sister, the beloved angel of God herself, Aaliyah. She's mid? Like, how hot of a take is that? That's sizzling. I mean, have you has the, has the brother not listened to one in a million at all? She doesn't even need the R. Kelly stuff. Because half of the R. Kelly stuff, like the remixes were good. Outside of that, it was just common music for the time. When she hooked up with Timberland, Magnificent music. Wow. Too. I see too. I just wow. don't. I just can't get why, you know. And I also just wanted to say because I seen yourself, brother Marcus, say that Frederick Taylor doesn't deserve to be in the Hall of Fame. You know Whoa. what? As a Jacksonville Jaguar fan, I've always had a problem with you because you know you're a whitewashed Negro that likes the Colts, <laughs> knowing you should be a Falcon fan. But and who just says she dead though? You know what? <laughs> oh this is out of control. Like I don't, you know, South Breeze. If you keep on, I'm gonna expose you to the folks that don't know you. My friends don't do that. Please. So anyway, I just wanted to get those few takes off. Um, Eric, I see you on the timeline. You do a, a magnificent job. I'll oh, continue to moderate this podcast as you guys go. I'm throwing myself on mute. I'll interject whenever. Um, Y'all have a wonderful time. Uh, shout out to Team USA. I told everybody they were going to beat Nigeria. Nobody believed me, but they did. Shout out to the USA. Thank y'all. Well, speak, speaking of uh, Team USA, like people were calling them an embarrassment to their country. They were saying they let us down. And what did they do? Win gold. Like they did what they were supposed to do. The savior, the face of the NBA, Luka Doncic. Couldn't even finish 
in third. Slovenia finished in fourth. Like, what are we doing? So, were, so you were you not worried when they lost initially to Nigeria? Were you not like, oh, okay, um, what's going on? You talking about the, the the two game the games earlier? Yeah, the the ex was it was the exhibition. Well, yeah, those games don't matter. I mean, yeah, yeah, it's I it's mean, a thing where it's like it 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 looks bad, but you had people in in. Because I, I I saw some videos that like Kevin Durant and Kendrick Kendrick Perkins are putting out there. They're out there talking about like it's more so like Kendrick Perkins. Like Kendrick Perkins, after they lost those first two games, he was like, "Yo, Luka Doncic's about to run through these Olympics. He about to run through these Olympics to get all the gold." And it's just like, slow down. Like, yeah, the rest of the world has caught up in basketball, but you still got to beat us. Like, we're still we still have Kevin Durant. No one. Yeah, the world can catch up. The world can get better at playing basketball. They can learn how to shoot from the elbow and dribble with their left hand and dribble between their legs. They ain't got Kevin Durant. Nobody's got that. We're the only ones that had it. So, like, do what you got to do, but you ain't got that guy. Let's be honest. Yes, they won gold. Congratulations to them. I'm happy for them. I'm proud of them. But this was like – this was a mid-team that they put together. Oh, yeah. Let's let's yeah. just, let's just be honest. No let's, Steph Curry, no LeBron. No Steph, no LeBron. Trey Young should have been on the team somehow. <laughs> I don't know why Kev, I, they put they had Kevin Love on the roster at one point. Let's let's keep that in mind. Did he make the team? I thought they kicked no, him off. He left. Oh, he just he left. Okay, he left. He dropped out. So this was a very mid USA team when it when it came to you know this is a B level team. So imagine how this team would have looked if they would have had, you know, maybe a Steph or, or even, you know, you know, you throw out LeBron maybe, or even if they would have had some youngsters like Zion and John Morant, like imagine if they would have had those guys, they, they would have looked a little bit better, but I'll be honest, they were exhibition games. I get it, but they lost those games. And while losing those games, you also heard the rumors a little bit about the players playing in Popovich's system and how some of them don't fit the system and he was trying to incorporate more of a Spurs type thing. So you from afar it was like, okay guys, what's going on? You guys are losing and the players are not liking the system. It's not a good look. From afar it's not a good look. But again, congratulations to him, man. Um we'll 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 see how they look, you know, a few years from all right, here's the question I'm going to pose to you guys. What's the, what, 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 who do you guys think would be the starting five four years from now again when we, when we run this back in the Olympics again? What would be the starting five for Team USA? Trey Bay. Jason okay. Tatum. Jason Tatum for sure. Okay. John Moran. You think Bam will be there in five years? Yeah, Bam's still he's – still, he's like 26. And I got to go Zion. Zion would make sense. I don't John. see why Zion and John Morant weren't on this team and uh, Trey Young. I mean, Trey Young, Ice Trey, you know, y'all already know what's up. It, it didn't make sense that he wasn't on the team. But, you know, it happens. I, I could maybe see – I could maybe, maybe, depending on what happens, I could maybe see Kevin Durant giving it one more run. Maybe. How old is Kevin now? He's 32, right? Yeah, he's been, he's been in the league for 14 years. So I I don't know like because remember you get the next that, Olympics will be three years. So if you're talking about five years, and you would be talking about the one after that, so that'd be seven years. He'd be 38 years old. 
Yeah, maybe what not. Would for that one. What would he have to prove again? Kevin Durant just shows up to play ball, man. What, what would he have to prove to go back out there? And if if people if people are if if niggas is hooping, Kevin Durant is there. Like I don't know what it is about him, but he just likes to play ball. Like he shows up at the the UCLA runs and uh uh like the Rutgers stuff. Like he just if he can play ball, I feel like he's gonna play. If he can still play, he might not like try to go out there and start. You know, oh yeah, he, he's probably want to start, but maybe not play that many minutes. But I feel like if he wants to play, he'll 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 still play. Like that dude likes to play ball. So so Trey, Tatum, and who else? Zion. Uh, Zion. John Zion. Okay. And Bam. Probably gonna be Spolster. That's what I was thinking too. Hmm. Oh. I mean, it could be Tiz if he can, you know, maintain a job. He's still young enough to possibly do it, but Spolster seems like the most logical person, I guess. Okay. All right. Nobody from college? Because, I mean, just like they did a few years back by pulling Coach K. I don't know if there's any college coaches like that, like that have that kind of Calipari? pull. Calipari would be actually legit, but he might be. <laughs> well, now they're, they're letting me. They're letting him make money now, so maybe he Will, might be able Will to. Self? It's more of a recruiting tool, honestly. Like that's what Coach K used that for, like to get players to go to Duke. It's like, oh, you can come to Duke, and then I can get you on, you know, Team USA. Maybe get you a little couple of runs. Yeah, you know, get you to the NBA. Okay. Get this money. So I don't know okay. if there's a coach out there that's really like a young up, not young and up and coming, but someone that has that kind of weight to to tell like, you know, Zion Woods and, hey, you need to push it harder on these suicides or you need to, you know, get in better shape next year, stuff like that. Because like Coach K and Pop, like coaches like that have a, a little bit more clout to them when they say stuff like that. Interesting. All right. I can roll with that starting five. I mean, I can't really think of anybody five years from now that, or three years from now, or whatever, whatever the timetable is. I can't really think of anyone relatively young that can find themselves in the starting lineup. Um, well, I mean, Kate Cunningham's supposed to be I, the real I deal. Thinking, I was thinking the case, no. how he develops. We'll we'll see how that goes, but he can definitely, you know, make a name for himself by that time. Um, Maybe depending on again how development goes, I would I would keep an eye on a guy like James Wiseman. Um mm. with, with oh, yeah. athletic bigs along just like Bam. Um yeah, that's yeah. so they, they they're probably gonna be led by a youth movement next time around. So it's gonna be interesting to see how they look. Yeah, hopefully it's going to be like you're going to have to start getting younger faces in there, new faces of the NBA and stuff like that. Yeah. I kind of want to, I, I kind of want to go back to 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 the Fred Taylor thing. Yes. So I think I think yeah. in baseball, what the hell were you thinking with that? I I didn't I was, I didn't say someone said you know Fred Taylor should be in the Hall of Fame. All I said was just slow down. Like I'm not saying he shouldn't be, but I think in baseball they have a thing where it's like after so many years of not getting into the Hall of Fame, you're no longer eligible to get in the Hall of Fame. I don't know if they should do that. I don't think they should do that for football just because they only let in a select, they only let in like what, five players? And they, they're pretty backed up, you know what I'm saying? And 
for Fred Taylor, it's going to be hard because he's been retired since 2010. It's 2021, and he hasn't gotten in yet. I don't even think he's been in on the ballot. You know what I'm saying? It's just like if you haven't gotten in at the final, he made it to like the semifinals this time. He's he's been getting better the last couple of years. Is he getting? Is there like a, a ground movement movement to get him going? Yeah, like this time he in? made it within the top 25, so he's getting there. And I think Tony Baselli made it like top 15. And I think okay, a that, lot of people that, are probably waiting on Baselli to get in, which I'm a Jaguar fan. I do not think Tony Baselli deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. Just going what? into it. Bruh, he played for like six years, like just being honest. He, he was the you like best of his five years. He hurt his shoulder. He was done. Like that. that's not enough. <laughs> that That's not enough at all. He was only the best at his position? Yes, for five years. And I don't think that warrants – I mean, he has no other accolades. He has – he, he didn't really do – he was for the Jaguars, a small market team. Um, they did well in the playoffs while he was there. No Super Bowls, of course. The amount of time that he had that time is just, just too short. Like, I, I can't give it to a guy. It, it, that's just like it was hard for me so, to say Terrell Davis deserved it, to be honest with you. But he does have a 2,000-yard year. He does so have two championships. I want, I want to ask Marcus a question. So you think – you think it's been too long. You think it's been too long for for Fred Taylor to get into the pro to get into the Hall of Fame, right? Well, the thing is, I think it's going to be a lot. It's going to be harder because as the years go by, it's it gets harder to get in. Like Edron James just got in, and Ed, Edron James should have bit. He should have been in the Hall of Fame. But you can wait to make because even because Edron James had an eleven year gap since he retired to the win. Yes. He finally made it. Which is kind of ridiculous because like Fred Taylor, I off off the top of my head, I don't think he ever led the league in rushing. As I've, I'm guessing, and the Dolphins agree with me, Edron James as a rookie came in and led the league rushing two years in a row. He was consistently like thousand yard rusher, whatever, catching the ball. Yeah, he did get hurt a lot of times, and he kind of had shortened seasons. But even with that. He finished number 13 all-time in rushing, even while missing all that time. It's just like, how does it take that long? And for Taylor, he's at yeah, he's at 17. So I'm like, I'm looking at that, and you also have to look at, like, Frank Gore is probably going to retire here shortly. He's probably going in first ballot. Adrian Peterson is he first ballot. Frank, Frank is what, third? Yeah, Frank is third, which is crazy to me. Like, I don't know how he's that high, but – yeah, he's gonna he when he retires, he's gonna be first about just because of where he's at. Love the league of rushing. That's the thing. He just I I don't know if this is a hot take. I'm not sure Frank Gore is a, is a Hall of Famer. <laughs> like he's just really good. He's really good at accumulating yards. But there, I don't feel like there's ever been a year where you look at Frank Gore and be like, okay, that's the dude. Like that's the top three running back right there. That's, that's the, the top five guy. Getting into the into the Hall of Fame. I'm not saying it's the only criteria, but I feel like if you look at <laughs> let's let's look at the guys in the top five. Let's look at the guys in the top five, right? Emmett Smith. There was at least a five year run where you're like, that's that guy. Emmett what Smith year, is a man. What year was Thurman Thomas ever the best running back in the league? Thurman Thomas, probably when they were going to the Super Bowls. Never. He's probably, he's probably a top five running back. Wait, so that's my point. He's in. But Frank Gore, like, if we if we were to look through all through Frank Gore's years and all the running backs around him, it, is there a moment where Frank Gore was like, hey, he's in the top five. He's a top five guy. 
Because I'm not, I'm not saying he's not. not even I'm just saying top I don't five, think he it's is. easy to slip into the top five. It, it was never a point in his career where you could say he was the best running back in the NFL. I agree with you there, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna reward the longevity. Yeah, um, yeah. I take here for real. Adrian Peterson will not be a first ballot Hall of Famer. You're crazy. You're the crazy. only reason is because of what he did in the past. They're gonna hold it against him. He'll no, be a second. Not. I no, promise you. No, we'll, we'll bet on this the same way. He's not going to be a first ballot. Did he even miss they any are, games? Gonna be like, well, you beat them kids, we'll wait a year and then you'll get in. That's what they're going to do, trust me. But he deserves it. I'm not saying he doesn't deserve it. But because of the what happened in the past, they're going to hold it against him. He'll be in the second time. Frank Gore, I mean, at the end of the day, you know, taking care of your body, longevity. He deserves to be in the league. And, 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 and Frank, Gore, Frank Gore might have a weight. But he'll get in. I but that's crazy him. that he has to wait, even though he's like the number three all time. It's kind of it's kind of hard to explain. Like, man, this guy's third all time in. But he's still we're, we're he's still gotta wait. Like that's kind of that's kind of hard to overlook. Like because he's, he, he's only about a thousand away from being second all time. I believe right. he's real close. He's, that's kind of seven hundred. He's seven hundred and twenty six yards away from Walter Payton. I know like, he could hit that in a season. He could hit that, yeah. But it's like if. Even so, taking away like what Adolphus thinks as far as like the whole uh, child abuse thing, but, like if Adrian Peterson and Frank Gore retire on the same day, and and Frank Gore finishes at number two, and Adrian Peterson finishes at number five, where he's at, and there's only one spot left in the Hall of Fame, Adrian Peterson, Adrian Peterson gets that. He should, but the kid thing will hold him out. That's all I'm saying. Taking away that, Adrian Peterson has. I'm, I'm just saying, like, for this conversation, let's just yeah, of course. Adrian, let's act like that didn't happen. Where Adrian Peterson had a three to five year run where he was the absolute best running. He's an MVP. Team. You could have said and, he was be the best player in the league. He has yes. an MVP. He won an yeah. MVP. And Gordon never had that. Yeah, Gordon never had that. Fred Taylor never had that. But when it comes to when it comes to being a running back in this NFL and making making the Hall of Fame. It's hard. There's a lot that goes into play because I can name I can name a ton of running backs right now that were never the best running back in the league, may not even been top five running back in the league. When was Jerome Bettis ever the best running back in the league? Hmm. Um shit. Don't don't do it. I'm sure he had one year, maybe in LA. <laughs> maybe. Maybe when nobody was watching, when no one <laughs> Yeah. So I mean, you know, Curtis Curtis Martin is another one. Now, it's just if, hard in the NFL. It's hard in the NFL, especially for running backs. It's really okay, hard. So, all right. So there's a, if Frank Gore can get if if Curtis Martin can get in, why not Frank? Gore? Curtis Martin was nasty though. I feel like Curtis Martin was always in that conversation as that guy, as the best in the league. Not the best, but like in the conversation where it's like, hey, he's one of those guys. Like he's a guy. Like you need if you if you. He was always solid, always reliable. But I've never watched Curtis Martin and said, "Man, he could definitely be the best running back in the league." Right? There's no way. Yeah, he was always at that top five to maybe top three, but never any higher for me. uh, For Curtis, definitely, you know, respect his career. I mean, but during his time, Marshall Falk was a way better guy, and Smith was way better. Barry Sanders was way better. It was a lot of guys that were way better than him. But he he had a solid career overall. And that's how I I do feel like 
that with Frank Gore. Like I really like Frank Gore. I mean, I remember watching him at Miami, uh, those horrific knee injuries. I never thought he was going to do anything in the league. And I mean, for him to be able to sustain a career that long is a testament to how well he treats his body. Right. But it's, you know, you, you were never that guy. You, you were not that guy. Right. So, so, and these these are running backs that I'm naming that are are in. Like I said, Thurman Thomas, Bettis, you know, Curtis Martin. These are guys that are in that I never considered them in that elite tier. Like, man, they are arguably the best running back in the league. They got in because of their particular, their own particular way. So, I think when it comes to Fred Taylor, it's kind of hard to overlook. The man is 17th overall in rushing. And, I mean, the numbers speak for themselves. You know, same with Frank Gore. The numbers speaks for themselves when it comes to him. Here's another interesting name. I don't think he'll ever get in, but here's another interesting name that I thought about recently. Corey Dillon. Corey Dillon is another. Corey Dillon is 20th all-time in rushing. And the reason, of course, because he had all those bad years in Cincinnati where no one had eyes on him. You didn't really. I feel the, I feel the same about Chad Johnson. Because I think he's a Hall of Fame talent, but he played for the Bengals. You don't think he? he I don't think he's. I don't know if he's going to get I, in. I think he gets in, but he it's going to be a long while. Like I, I can't make a case for putting him in above Torrey Holt, and Torrey Holt's been on that list for a long time. You think Chad um, Johnson is getting in the Hall of Fame? I, I think in in a, it'll take a while, but not statistically, but the impact that he had on the game, he'll eventually get in. He, I do he will. He'll get in. I, the, he he's a case of where I think personality can can go a long way when it comes to you know getting in the NFL. And while we may not recognize him in the same realm as Jerry Rice and Randy Moss, Chad Johnson was always entertaining. No matter how bad the Bengals were, no bad. No matter how much you know inept he had at quarterback. Chad Johnson was always entertaining. He always put up numbers. Um, and, you know, I, I think because of his post-career where you see him fairly often in the public eye, I think he, he's going to he's gonna push the envelope a little bit. He's going to get in. He's going to get in. I don't, I don't know, man. Is this will be late, but he'll get in. This, this wide receiver list is it. Because Isaac, it took forever for Isaac Bruce to get in. He's number five yeah, he, all time. He should have got in way sooner, but I agree. It took a while for Isaac Bruce to get and then, in. Didn't it take a, for, take a while for Tim Brown, too, right? He was like number two all time. Oh, Tim Brown. Yeah, Tim Brown was. And you, you still got you still got Larry Fitzgerald's playing. Like he, he's probably going to retire here within the next two it or took three Chris years. Carter, what, six years to get in or something like that? Yeah, Julio Jones is still out there. Like he's, he's probably got another. No, Andre Johnson will probably get in before Chad. I can see that. I can see Andre Johnson making it. Andre, Andre will get in before Chad. I just never thought. Close. I know Andre has the numbers, but the personality is going to – because Andre Johnson was a relative unknown. I mean, he was a great receiver, but, you Reg know, those Texas teams were no good at all. Reggie Reggie Wayne has been to two Super Bowls and won one. And he's he was a – I think he made it to, like, the second to last round last yeah. year. But like Reggie Wayne is taking, he's in the top ten all time in receiving. He's not in yet. Like Chad, Steve Smith will get in as well. I just never right. thought it was like. I didn't even think this was like a conversation. I didn't even think like people thought that he would get in. Honestly, like I'm surprised yeah. that y'all think Chad Johnson. Yeah. 
Yeah, I, I think Johnson, I honestly didn't. I I never considered Chad Johnson making it to the Hall of Fame, like ever. Like that was never a thought that crossed my mind. Like, oh yeah, yeah, Chad Johnson, he'll get in eventually. Like, I look at I look at Reggie Wayne, he's not in now, but I'm like, yeah, he's gonna get in. He'll get in eventually. But like Chad Johnson, where does Chad was, where does Chad rank all time? On uh, receptions, he's number thirty or reception yards, he's thirty six. Oh my god! Behind, behind Keenan McCardell. <laughs> like, oh my! God. But 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 wow. here's the thing. It it it's like I know sometimes I I, Jesus. I didn't I don't know what like the standard is for NFL Hall of Fame. Like is my really thing is, I, I feel like there should be. It's kind of hard to. There, well, so what would be the standard for receivers then? You have to be considered one of the best. Like I, maybe maybe not top five, but when people talk about like, hey, who's a receiver that you have to have on your team? Chad this guy. So. I, I think he is, but see, like if you look at where he is all time, right? Number thirty-two in receiving yards. The person at uh, where is it? I think I lost my place. Did I lose it? Fuck. Where's um, Calvin Johnson? Calvin Johnson. Calvin's thirty-two. Yeah, actually, Calvin Johnson is number thirty-two. Chad Johnson is thirty-six. So Calvin Johnson doesn't have like that longevity that Frank Gore has. But there was like a two to three year run where you were like, Calvin Johnson is that dude. Like he's one of those guys. Yeah. So that's that's why he gets into the Hall of Fame. I think Chad Johnson does have those years where it's like, yo, if Chad Johnson was on like a better team, he'd be killing it. If he had a better quarterback, he'd be unstoppable. Kind of like what happened with uh um Deshaun uh Hopkins. What's going on with Deshaun Hopkins in Houston, where he's putting up all these crazy numbers with shitty quarterbacks? You're like Man, if he had a better quarterback, he'd be even better. I think I think Chad gets in eventually, but I think there's a lot of guys in front of him. That's a lot. Antonio Brown is ahead of him right now. Antonio, well, Andre, he's got a ring. Andre Johnson is one that comes to mind. Steve Smith is another one that comes to mind for me. Um, looking, oh, look, look at, looking at the list. Is Rod yeah. Smith in? He's not oh. in, right? Uh, I'm gonna say uh, no. I thought. He was, or did he become a finalist? No, he didn't. He's 34. But his story is he's an undrafted free agent. He's not in. He's not in, but I. Two-time Super Bowl champion. Two-time Super Bowl champ, undrafted free agent, and he's 34th all-time in receiving yards. You know, I don't know if he'll ever get in, but that's, that's a hell of a reason to put him in, in my opinion, Tory Holt not being in is pretty is pretty criminal to me. Tory right? Holt, Anquan Bolden, Anquan definitely needs to get in, in my opinion. I don't think he's reached the five years yet, though, if I'm not mistaken. No, no, I'm saying he like he will. Yeah, get he's in. gonna get in. He's gonna get in. His his five years will be this will be this year. So he might I mean, he might be coming up for eligibility next. There's a lot of receivers ahead of Chad Johnson that aren't in the Hall of Fame, that aren't even, I feel like, in the conversation. Like like I said, Keenan McCardell, I don't think he's in that conversation. So, so going back to your theory earlier about Fred Taylor being out for so long, because of the fact that Chad has to contend with a list of receivers, that it's eventually going to push Chad to, what, 10, 12, 15 years after retirement? I, I never and thought then, he was going to get in. <laughs> and then, and then at that point, you're probably thinking, like, yeah, he'll never get in. I honestly, I I never thought he'd get in today. Like if you were to ask, if you were to ask me like five minutes before this conversation happened, 
is Chad Johnson going to get in the Hall of Fame? I just said no. I'm like, nah. I think he will. I, I think I think it won't be because of stats, and stats are going to go against him. But just popularity, the impact he had right. on the game, right. um, with the showmanship and different things like that, I, I do think that he'll get in. It'll just be over 10 years, and then he'll finally slip in. They're going to have to put some other guys in there. Like I said, uh, Torrey Holt. To me, and I'm I'm definitely not a Jaguar homer, but I do kind of feel like you you kind of got to put Jimmy Smith in there. There was a point where he was a top three receiver in the league. In my, I was going to say uh, with Chad Johnson. Chad Johnson retired in 2011. Um, Hines Ward also retired in 2011. He's number 26 on that list of receiving yards, and he's not in yet either. So it's going to be a while for Chad. Yeah, if he it really does. It's going to be a while. It's going to be a, be a long run. time. It's going to be a run on receivers for him to get in. <laughs> the thing is, with, this, with it being such a passing league, like you said, you're going to have your Julios. Um, I don't know if Odell Beckham will ever bounce back enough to get in, well, but I mean, Julio will probably get in before Chad. Be yeah, Julio, Julio should be a first ballot Hall of Famer unless he. Royally screws up somehow. He could he could retire right now. He should be first ballot. Yeah, he's had the, he's he's had those years where you're just like, yeah, Julio is that dude. He's all he's, Julio's always been in the conversation. Like, there's never been a year where you're like, oh, Julio kind of fell 20th, off. He's twentieth all time right now, so he'll get in. Like, it may be honestly going back to to Marcus's theory. Like, it, it honestly may be roughly hell. I'll say 15, 16 years after Chad retires to where we actually start hearing his name in a conversation a little bit more. And at that point, it may be too late. I, I hate of, when that happens. Because of the fact that he's he's already so far down the list right now. Like, you know, yeah. you, you saw Tim Brown wait for literally a decade, over a decade. And he shouldn't have. And he, he, was shouldn't two, have. he was number two all-time yeah. receiving yeah, yards when two. he retired. Andre Reed was another one that came to him. Andre Reed waited like 12 or 15 years before he finally got in. And Andre Reed was like a top 15 all-time, I believe, when he retired. So, yeah, it might be a while. It, it's it's going to be – it's so many ahead of Chad that I think it's going to eventually push Chad to the point where you forget about him. Like it's 15, 16, 17 years after retirement, and you're like, oh, Chad did play for the Bengals. And he did put yeah. up decent numbers, but it's kind of too late now at this point. Like, so it's gonna be tough. It's yeah. tough for receivers. It's tough. It's tough. It's tough for school players. And then and then you have the people. Okay, let me ask you this: Eli Manning, Hall of Famer, or no? First ballot. Crack, man. The name, the no, name, dog. two rings, legendary games. Dope, he'll be first ballot. Smoking dope. He didn't deserve it, but he'll be first ballot. What you got, Eric? What you think? You take those two years away from him. What does he have? Nothing. He has. You take them two. All he has is a name, and he, he does. He has. He has four. Four pro bowls. We're we're putting him in for what reason? Then, like I, I get he accomplished a lot. I get it. But there was some, there were some years where Eli Manning was dreadful. I'm talking about like I cannot watch him play. I don't, and, I don't. And he, he's never played a full season where he didn't have double digit interceptions. Exactly. Like that. He has a season where he's, 
he has three 20 interception seasons. Exactly. Yeah, he threw 20 interceptions in t- t- 2007, 25 in 2010, and 27 in 2013. That is crazy. You cannot put that guy in the Hall of Fame now, next now, to I Dan Marino. I think Brett Favre has a couple seasons where he threw like 20 plus interceptions as well. But what saved Brett Favre, of course, the MVPs. It, it, it can't be, well, the MVPs, it can't be the Super Bowl ring because he won that back in, you know, back in 96. 96. Yeah. But it's the fact that he broke so many records. It was kind of hard to ignore what he did as a quarterback. When it comes to Eli, take out those two Super Bowl rings, never, he never won MVP. I don't, yeah, he's never won league MVP. How many records has he actually – like, how many NFL quarterback all-time records has he actually broke? I'm not talking about – I'm not talking about franchise records. I'm talking about NFL history. Honestly, I think he leads the league in interceptions all the time. Yeah, I think the interception was all on the ass. That's it. So you you exclude the two wins over Tom Brady, and it's like Eli did damn near nothing. Let's just be quite honest here. He's I, Jeff I, George without it. Basically – Vinny Testaverde. That's, that's what it is. I don't but get the two it. Super Bowl, put him in. So we're putting him in because of Super Bowl wins. And that name, he I, I promise you, we know how this stuff works. That name, those two rings, those two big games, that big catch, he'll be a first ballot Hall of Famer. Well, you it's it's hard to win. Like I I I understand like from the voter standpoint, like if I'm a voter and I'm one of the people who put Eli Manning in the Hall of Fame. My argument, I would not do this, but my argument would be he has two Super Bowl MVPs. Like I can, if you, if he, if all he had was just the Super Bowls, then I would have a hard time. But you're the Super Bowl MVP twice. You can't keep that out of the Hall of Fame. That would be my argument. I don't think he should get in the Hall of Fame. I think he should get a little bit more shit for what for for how he came into the league. The idea he was just like, yo, I ain't playing for that team. Like my name, my last name is Manning. My daddy. Played in the league. My brother plays in the league. We're gonna make this happen to where I don't have to play for the Chargers, and I'm I want to go somewhere else. I don't like that. I don't I like how the business. Like it, if I don't, he got he gets a pass for that. And I don't if like that. You list every quarterback from 1980 to now that's in the Hall of Fame. I would probably pick every quarterback over him. He doesn't deserve it at all. Uh, you know. The um, completion percentage is going to be relatively low. I remember some seasons where it was between 55, 56. Like we've said, he's led the league in picks multiple times. I think at one point he did have the all-time record in picks. It's just those few small accolades are going to be enough to get him in the Hall of Fame, and I feel like it will be first or second ballot with ease with him. I don't think he deserves it. I'll go on record with saying that. I feel like you could put a lot of other quarterbacks in that situation that are just better than he is. I mean, you know, I hate because I know we have so many, like, Falcon fans that are affiliated with us. Matt Ryan's a way better quarterback than Eli Manning. If they were coming up at the same time, there's no way you would choose. I mean, you you can't choose. Like, Matt Ryan is a much better quarterback than Eli Manning. The only thing is the rings, like, but they're gonna they hold those rings, they hold so much weight, they'll forget about all the trash that that man has done. I mean, I, I know fantasy football doesn't equate to real football, but 
I've seen years where Eli Manning would just sit there like nobody's taking him. He's in free agency. Like the dude is garbage, hot trash. But when they needed him most, he made big throws. He has the clutch factor. He has the name. He'll get in just like Arch Manning. Um, he's not even in college yet. Um, if he does okay, gets the league, he'll be a shoe in for the Hall of Fame because of that name. It just it makes too much sense. I, I, I can't I can't put the case I, I can't I can't put up you know much for Eli to be honest with you man I just I can't because I can't overlook how bad he was like when there was t- there were times at least with Matt Ryan Matt Ryan may have looked awful in a, in a few games here and there but Matt Ryan never looked completely dreadful for an entire season there are times where Eli Manning looked god awful for an entire season man like it's just i can't 27 interceptions is crazy (laughs) that is crazy that is nuts i i can't i can't eliminate that i can't look at that and say okay well he had a couple clutch drives in super bowls to win a ring and it wasn't as if in both of those games he clearly outplayed tom brady or he was clearly the best player on the field just so it happened to lead a game winning drive to beat Tom Brady. That's probably why he won MVP in those games. Let's just be honest here. They but, weren't they weren't going like point for they weren't it wasn't like a shootout. It, it wasn't, wasn't like it, it wasn't, wasn't like the Steelers and Cardinals Super Bowl or anything like that. It was like 17 to 10. <laughs> like it, it wasn't it wasn't like that. Like he was he 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 played well when it mattered the most. But at the same time, it's like I don't think that's a, I don't think that's a Super Bowl. I mean, I don't, I don't think that's a, a that's a Hall of Fame credential for him. Right there. Definitely not. But he's gonna get in, and I'm gonna be pissed off. Like I, I'm already prepared for the day where they're just like, oh, Eli Manning is eligible. Oh, Eli Manning is a first ballot Hall of Famer. I'm going to throw my computer out of a window. For eighteen and twenty seven. And he was almost ten years in the league. Like he he was he it wasn't doing it as a rookie. You were a vet at fifty seven percent, thirty eight hundred yards. That is terrible. Like that is if he didn't have that name, that's a year where you lose your job. Like we're going to draft your replacement immediately. We're going to sign your replacement. I mean, luckily for him, he did have a bounce back year in twenty fourteen. That year alone, and, and like he's had three years over 20 picks, man. Like I said, he doesn't deserve to be in at all to me, uh, especially not first ballot. Um, but he'll get in, he'll get in. He only has five winning seasons. Five, how long, <laughs> did, he play, how long did he play in the league? Oh, uh, four to 19, 15 years, five winning seasons. Hall of yeah. Famer. Yeah. He's like okay, whatever. You know what? Let's let's go to let's go to let's go to music real quick. Let's go to music. Uh 20 years ago, Usher dropped 87 a one. Uh I I uh re-listened to it today. I don't know if anybody's heard that recently, but um I don't know if this is a hot take or not. Um not sure if this album holds up outside of the singles. The singles are incredible. 
But the other song, there's some outside of uh, Can You Help Me? Some of these songs are not good on this album. It's not great. It's not, they're not bad, but uh, it could be better. I didn't. I don't remember it being this. I don't remember this album being this bad. I remember this album being like nothing but fire. But yeah, eighty seven oh one would never compare to Confessions, man. Like no, nope. no, no. Okay, that's that's a totally different thing. <laughs> never. <laughs> I would. I wouldn't compare any R and B album to Confessions. Honestly, there's yeah. not. I don't think I would compare a lot of them to it. But I think, uh, still, I think at that time we were still trying to you know, get a grasp as far as who Usher actually was as an artist. You know, 8701 was, 8701 was an important album for him. Um, Because again, he wasn't, he wasn't the Usher that we knew, you know, when Confessions came out, but he, you knew he was on the rise as an artist. Yeah, because he was kind of, because with uh, My Way, because that was the album directly before that, he was still kind of teenish, and this was first adult album, so I definitely. right. Right. Good point. This was this was like, okay, he's stepping out of that teenage image and now Usher is becoming a grown man at this point. But I was I was talking to PJ about this. He said uh, eighty seven oh one is like his off the wall and confessions is more like thriller where like eighty seven oh one like really kind of turned him into like, okay, he's about to be the next guy. Because if yeah. you look at the I went back and I looked at the numbers that he did. So like 87 or my way the album that came before that it debuted at number 15 on the charts and it sold under 70,000 the first week 8701 debuted number 2 and it sold over 200,000. So that was like all right, this is the guy. Usher's about to be this guy. He's about to blow up. This, you know, and Confessions is right around the corner. So like I kind of I agree with PJ in that sense. Like this is this was his album where it's like, all right, he's trying to find out who he is and what he wants to be and who he is as an artist, who he is as a person. Mm-hmm. And that that kind of showed. And I, the thing that I appreciate about um, this 8701 era is the uh, the music videos that he had for it. Yeah. Um, it was like the first three were like damn near a movie. It seemed like they shot them all in one day with the, uh, what was it? It was you remind me. Yeah. Where it's like he's he's like going through his he's going through a day where he's seeing all these women and whatever, and he he wants to talk to him. It's like now nah, you remind me of someone else. And I, and at the end of the video, he runs into Chili, and like that's that's who he wants to be with. That's who he's with. And then the next video was uh, but you got it bad, and it's kind of the same thing where it's like, okay, the previous video I got Chili. And in this video, it's like, now I've lost Chili. Now he's going through, he's doing the whole R&B singer in the rain type shit, you know, super sad, dancing, all that stuff, and swinging on flagpoles. And it's like, sometimes yeah, I, like. Sometimes I forget You Got It Bad was on 8701. Yeah. It sounds I, like I, it should have been on Confessions. It sounds like yeah. it should have been on Confessions. Yeah. Some, I, I really, so every now and then, I'm like, oh, this was on you know, that album that came out that we didn't really know who Usher was. But yeah. it felt more like a confessions type song. Well not 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 the masses. The masses didn't know who Usher was. Like niggas knew who Usher was, but the masses didn't really know who he was. And then following up with that, like even at the end of how the video ends and how you don't have to call starts, it's it's seamless. It's like 
you remind me or the uh the song with where he loses chili how it ends you don't have to call starts right there and he's like all right i'm just gonna be out here in these streets i'm just gonna hit the club yeah. fuck it like i'm just gonna i'm walking in the club throwing my shoulders just doing tiktok dances or whatever he was doing like i wasn't i wasn't in it like that but i, I respect it like you lost chili like that's a tough one to lose that's, that's tough, but you know what? Until you reminded me, because I just pulled it up, until you reminded me that you got a bad was on there, I was kind of like, oh, I don't really, I don't play that one back that much, but yeah, with that and um, can you help me? I really like that one as well. Um, it, it was it was a really good album. It was definitely an important album. I don't know why. Um, I guess because the album maybe they came out back to back, but I was thinking you got it bad came out with you know with with confessions and my boo and stuff like that like maybe i was dating the same girl at the, at the time i don't know <laughs> something's going on i thought all these songs like that burn confessions i thought all those were together and i thought that um 8701 was just like you remind me and um you know of course what the fuck um you don't and have to call. Just song that I can't remember, but um, all in all, it, it was a good album for him because it was. I was just reading it said from that album, um, the Maui. He was about eighteen. This one he was twenty four. So you are going to be completely different. Um, at the time, I, I thought Maui was a great album. I mean, I, I go back that that one has to me some of Usher's biggest hits. Mm. Um, Usher's just a really underappreciated artist. Like I, you know, I'm gonna be honest with you. He had a new Good. song called I Cry um, that came out like maybe 2020. It was a great song. Doesn't get a lot of radio play like that because, of course, you know, Usher's in his 40s and it, it's just not on mainstream radio. Great song. This year came out with Bad Habits. I was like, dang, this sound like that old Usher right here. Like, this is, you know, the nigga well, that, that beat herpes, he's back. Like, <laughs> back, baby. And, you know, I'm just like, I'm ready for the new album. He, he's still dropping that heat, man. Like, I respect Usher. 20 years seems like a long time. Like, man, I can't believe that time flew by that fast. Shout out to Jasmine. That's who I was dating because I know he was a motherfucking heartbreaker. So <laughs> the songs tie in together. But thank you. I think the reason I think the reason why like Usher's kind of disrespected is that he's gotten away from what like made him who he was as far as like being a singer and a performer. Like yeah. he got he kind of went into that trap R and B like whatever people are doing now. And it's just like I I couldn't get into that era of Usher because like I just that's not what I wanted. That's not who who I grew up listening to. So even. I was and I was saying I always think about like if something would would hold up today that came out you know twenty years ago, yeah. and I think about uh, you got it bad where he starts out the song singing like that, yeah. and I'm just like people aren't singing like that in t- 2021. Like R&B yeah. singers don't do that, especially male R&B singers. They're not they're not really pushing out vocals in that way and being as emotional and being vulnerable. Like now it's all about like, they're just going straight to you don't have to call. We're yeah. not getting you got it bad. We just, it's, it. we're not even getting you don't have to call. We're just getting fuck that bitch. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like we're going straight to fuck that <laughs> yeah. bitch. 
Like, you know what I'm saying? She blocked my number. I'm about to pop, pop these perks and head to the strip club and fuck everybody. Like, yeah. There's no. That's basically what it is at this point. There's no That's honesty. Like his transition from, I mean, he tried the 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 A album. Well, he tried EDM, then he tried the the A right. album. Um, that was the one that was was it Zaytoven that was all yeah. over that, or was it Mike Will? Yeah. I forget. Zaytoven. Zaytoven. And it's got some decent songs on there, but now that he's kind of channeled it back, like I said, Bad Habits is a great song. I love the the um, Computer Love sample on it. He's singing again. The I Cry. It's just a beautiful song, you know, about just some of the things that we as black people go through in our day-to-day lives and struggles. So I'm glad to see him going back to that. I, I do hate the fact that R&B, and I can't say all, I'll just say mainstream R&B has gone the way that it has gone because it's like, look, man, sometimes I like to just chill. I don't like all that cussing, even though I cuss all the time and say nigga a lot. But sometimes when I cut on R&B, I just want smooth vocals. There's a, a certain vibe you want, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I want to hear like the him and Young Thug song. I'm like, what the hell? Like, yeah, come on. That's what he's trying to. He's trying to break into that that particular that particular realm at this point. But he doesn't need to. He's Usher, so mm-hmm. stick to what stick to what I mean, got you here. But yeah, I I'm I'm more of a person like I like I don't like that I like it, but I do like soft, vulnerable R and B music. Like I listen yeah. to that stuff. I like. Getting in my feelings sometimes. Oh late yeah. At night, like sometimes yeah. you just want to. You, you just want to feel something. Right. Like I don't want to listen to Chris Brown rap about fucking my fucking my lady. I don't yeah. want to hear it. I'm sorry. Yeah. Sometimes you get in the mood, and yeah, some of these heartbeat singers just don't provide that. Like that. at least at least at least not the male ones. Like the female uh, R&B singers, they will do that. They will go into that space where it's just like, hey. Shit ain't right right now. Shit is fucked up. I'm in. I'm in a bad place, and they're gonna sing about it. Right. Our male R&B singers, it's rare for someone to really put themselves out there to be like, "Yo, hey man, I'm fucking sad out here, dog." Yeah. <laughs> like a nigga be sad sometimes, and you can't. I can't have a. It's bad that I can't have a soundtrack to whenever I'm feeling sad or feeling emotional, feeling anything. Like, a, and this is a totally different conversation, but a lot of these artists don't feel anything everything is just surface level stuff where it's like there's nothing emotional there's nothing underneath the surface of whatever they're feeling it's just superficial because they're not dealing with real people right like with with usher i went back and i watched those videos and i'm like damn usher and chili was really going through it like they was really in the shit and it it turns it turns out it turns out that you know it Confessions was about uh, Jermaine Dupri and Janet Jackson, but back then I was just like, "Yo, Usher, Usher, really fucking up out here. Yeah. He's really, he's heartbroken. Like, I get it, but like, we're not putting out, we're not putting out that kind of music no more. And it, it, and if they are, they're not popular. They're not being pushed to the forefront. Like, like Lucky Day is out there making sad ass songs, but people don't want to hear that. Like, he's a, he's still a small time artist." But you know, we want to listen to Bryson Tiller, you know, drop the beat on some '90s sample from whatever, and not sing. Actually, just talk. Right. Like he doesn't. He's not a singer. Bryson Tiller can't sing, man. What is he doing? Right. Yeah. He just. He just. He just. How is he a thing? But hey, I'm about to. I'm about to sign off for the night, guys. 
appreciate That's, you guys having hey, me. I appreciate on. you for coming on, you know, holding it down. No problem, man. I'm a, I'm gonna try to uh I'm gonna try to hop on again in the near future, of course, after I get kind of settled in over here at ESPN. But definitely. yes, sir. Yeah, y'all take it easy. Right. Hey, you did too. Nice meeting you. Yeah, same to you. All right. So like that damn South Breeze is gone. Eric's gone. <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't know. No notes. I don't know what y'all <laughs> talking about. Yeah, I, I, the only thing, the only thing left that I had, like I, I don't think we're gonna talk about the Nas album. There's not really much to talk about with that. Um, we could probably save the most influential rappers ever for another podcast when we're not talking about uh, COVID again for 30 minutes. At no, the we just heard three hour. Go ahead, most influential album. No, <laughs> no, 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 because who was it? Somebody tagged in and they were like, Jay Z was one of the most influential rappers. Oh, shit. and I was like, I don't really, this is not about who is technically it's not about who's better, sonically is best. I never thought he was really that influential. I mean, he's a great artist, don't get me wrong, but uh, my top five influential, like I like, like you said, I mean, you got your three six, Kanye, Missy. Well, go, 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 do, go, do the three six. Do explain because I, I, I also put three six mafia in there, and I never really thought of them as influential until you started talking about how Nigos pretty much stole their entire flow. So, like, that was Lord Infamous. So, you have the Migos, of course, they took Lord Infamous flow. Lord, Lord Infamous, well, they were kind of saying that Bone Thugs is kind of like it, but they harmonized a little bit more. Um, you also have, I mean, just throughout the time, it's been a massive amount of people that uh, use their techniques for sampling, the speeding up, the slowing down. Um, they were on some of the biggest tracks of all time. I mean, they were able to put together um, International Players Anthem, which was, of course, before that was I Choose You. Um, they, it, it's, they've just done a lot in the game, man, and, and it's just like, you're going to constantly hear those samples and those things that they do and the way that they were able to innovate uh, themselves. And as far as the sound is concerned, like they were, weren't they the first that were really that thugged out group to win a Grammy as well? Oh, they won an Oscar. Oscar, that's for, what For, for us, us, like best movies, sound, song, yeah, soundtrack like or whatever, song of the year. They were able to do that. And I mean, it's just, just when you think of the impact, man, of Three Six Mafia, like I don't think that they really get. Yes, I bet you won't kill a motherfucker. And um, what is the other song that is banned in clubs to this day? Tear the club up! Like, oh God, yeah. You know, don't turn. I am too old for that. Do not. Yes, no, I, I do not want to. I remember that. being in teen clubs when that would come on, and it would just all hell would break loose. But. With them as being people that are influential, I mean, they had a large impact on the game. They were able to work with everybody throughout the South. Uh, they expanded their sound. They made it to being worldwide. And like I said, when you look at the styles, the facts that they're being sampled, an artist like a Juicy J is still continuing to go forward to reinvent themselves or himself and still, you know, churning out hits, working with newer artists. Like, this is a group that has a cultural impact, like, they, they've been in the game since like 94 or something like that. Yeah. Almost 30 years deep. Like they, They've been in this for a long time. And yes, I still have my 3-6 CDs too, man. Like, And it's not just because I'm a Southern boy. Like When I look at it, as big as Migos is and how that branch, how that style is being branched off from them, 
you know, you got to give the props to the originators. Um, so that's why I included them um, as being influential. I'm, um, of course, Missy and Busta with the Missy is almost underrated. like underrated. She's a unicorn. Like when I look through her essentials, I'm like, wow, I could have sworn she had more hits than this. Like that whole crew in the mid 90s. And that's why I was saying for South Breeze, man, you kind of go listen to um, One in a Million and just listen to Tim, listen to uh, Missy and everybody else, and just the way that they have influenced and completely changed Aaliyah's style and made her something different, man. They they really did a number on her, but just as an artist, like, Missy was the first female artist that I really can say that I just love. Like, one of my favorite songs all time is, um, I like Can't Stand the Rain a lot, but I like um, Sock It To Me, like, that beat was so cold. I liked the, the rapping on it. I liked her singing and rapping. She was dope at both. Like it was nothing that Missy couldn't do. She was innovative. She had a style of her own. Um, often, often duplicated, but can't be replicated. So mm-hmm. Missy would definitely earn the top spot, uh, or not the top spot, but she would be one of the She's ones. Top five with, for sure. Yeah, even with Nikki, like. I know a lot of people hate on Nikki and they always try to pit Nikki against whoever else is from the past or the present or whatever. But truth be told, all these new artists, Nikki's really big sister them. She's really their moms. Like y'all should, she created a different lane for everybody to thrive in by being such a huge crossover hit maker. And the thing with Nikki that I never understood until years past is Nikki can go bar for bar with anybody in the game. Like, and, and a lot of people can't say that, male or female. Like, Nikki is one of the greatest artists, male or female, of all time. She's definitely got to be in the top 25. So she's definitely uh, influential big time. I mean, if you see, you know, where she came from to where she is now being a megastar, the way she is, um, the way that people, you know, copy her fashion sense, her flows, her beats, just everything that she did. She's like a rap superstar. She's rap royalty for real. So those, those are some of the people that I would put on mine. Go ahead and kick me, kick, kick me with yours. Well, I was gonna say if you listen to like Doja Cat's last album, it's pretty much what Nicki Minaj should have been doing as far as like the whole rapping and singing. And she's like she's taking what Nicki Minaj was doing because like. And I've, I've, like I've said, I've had an issue with how Cash Money, Young Way runs Nicki Minaj's career with the whole, like, you know, balancing the singing and rapping thing with her. Now I feel like they kind of fumbled that at the beginning. Doja Cat, it seems like she saw that and was able to mix that and blend that perfectly on this uh, Planet Her album. So for me, I'm putting Nicki Minaj in my most influential uh, rappers ever based on, like, Doja Cat and pretty much every... Uh, female rapper that has come out after her like she made it to where it's like hey you you can you have to be able to rap you you're you have and she was one of the first ones to go bar for bar but like the elite rappers like the jay-z's the rick ross's the kanye west's the m&m's like a lot of like trina and eve were out here making music but they weren't out here getting on songs with like the big name artists. Like they were on songs with like Ludacris and stuff like that. But like the huge, like legitimate, like super lyricists, they they weren't able to get on those songs. And 
the only the reason why I always put Nicki Minaj over Lil Kim is because Lil Kim had a she had a, a time in her career where she wasn't writing raps like other people were writing raps for her. That has never been a thing with Nicki Minaj. Now, someone there was a time where Safari came out and said that he was writing her her lyrics, but then a couple months later he retracted that and he said, "I only said that because I was mad at her." So there's that. So I don't really. You know, just to touch on that really quick, because I know I was reading something recently about there's a difference between writing raps and co-collaborating or co-writing. So, you know, you can like me, you can sit here and I can say, hey, well, what do you think about this? Well, no, you know what? Change that and do this. Okay, well, hey, we got a hit. We co-wrote it. Go ahead. I feel like a lot of a lot of people actually do that. I think that's a little bit more common than we think. But there's like. Biggie was like writing 16 bars for her and he was like, Hey, rap this. And she's like, All right, let me just I'm just gonna rap this. Like that's that's a totally different thing. So Nikki, three six for obvious reasons, uh Missy for obvious reasons, Kanye, I feel like Kanye's on there because without Kanye, you don't get rappers like Drake doing more melody stuff. You don't get rappers like Kendrick and Lupe Lupe Fiasco who are not street dudes, just regular dudes that want to rap. Kanye West made it cool for just a regular guy that went to college, dropped out, and wanted to rap. Like, you don't get J. Cole without Kanye. You don't get Lupe. You don't get, you probably don't get Wale. You probably don't get a lot of these rappers, Corday. Um, and then I would put, uh, and you know, obviously with the production, like that, not much needs to be said about that. And the other guy that I'm putting on there is Lil Wayne. Like every rapper, it seems like every little rapper that has come out within the last 15, 20 years sounds like Lil Wayne, like Lil Uzi Vert, Lil Baby, Future, like all these rappers, all uh, Lil Pump, uh, whoever, like whoever these young rappers are out here, they all sound like Lil Wayne at some point in their career, some point in his career. So it's like, I would say all time if we're just talking strictly as a rapper like i know a lot of people used to compare lil uzi vert to like under 3000 but no he's lil wayne we talk about like all these rappers with like tie-dye colored hair these long dreads purple dreads tattoos on their faces tattoos everywhere dressing eccentrically that's lil wayne lil wayne was doing that shit when it was legitimately weird like in 2003 that shit was fucking weird to have a tattoo on your face like that and now it's normal for it's it's weird to see a rapper without tattoos now like you see a rapper without tattoos it's like what's going on with that guy like you okay or uh, like what's going on there so i I did want to answer a quick question real quick because uh that ga boy I did bring up Don't Forget Bone Thugs and Harmony, emphasis on harmony to hip-hop. So I agree with you, uh, but and they could be influential, but I don't think that's a style that was ever really used again or attempted again. So I kind of feel like if somebody else was using that style or copying some of what they did, I would call them influential, but because nobody else is, it's kind of hard to say they're influential. They're, They're rare because they're in their own lane. They're the only artists. I mean, besides, oh, what was that? That smoking on hay in the middle of the bar, Crush Conflict, and Twista a little bit. That was the only people that really did that type of style. 
Um, so I couldn't really call them that influential, even though they were with their style. I do agree with you about the Lil Wayne 100%. I mean, and the Kanye West, not only is he influential, but he is the most influential rapper of all time. And the reason why is because, for me, he impacted everything, including being bigger than rap. Like, even with everything that he's done and gone through in the last three to four years, supporting 45, uh, tweeting crazy things, you're going through a divorce, you're going through a meltdown, you're going through this, you're going through that. Out comes Donda, trending. Everybody, when is Donda coming out? That The rollout, they're watching what he's doing. That's not for nothing. Like it, It's because this dude means a lot to so many people, and you pointed to a lot of things. Prior to Kanye West coming out, you had other rappers that rap similar to him, but it wasn't cool. Like people weren't listening to your top Talib Kweli's like that. I mean, you had those people that were interested in that neo soul style rap, or even yeah. what was the other brother that had Miss Miss Fat Booty and um, became an actor. What's Consequence the- or Common? No, 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 no. It's another dude. This most, most deaf. Most deaf. He great artist. Dope. Well, there, there's a you could how many how many rappers careers can we like credit Kanye for either creating or resurrecting? Because like most most deaf, Twister, Common, Consequence, uh, I you could maybe and I I might have to go back and relook at it and see kind of where Jay Z was at that point before like Blueprint it came to out. The next level, yeah. But you could make the argument that Kanye West took Jay Z to the next level. And then you look at the artists that he was able to bring up, like Lupe Fiasco, Big Sean. He kind of he didn't really revitalize Pusha T, but he gave him a he gave him a second win as a solo artist. Uh, who else? Like Tiana Taylor. Uh, who else was he really brought up? He gave Nicki Minaj a uh, pretty good spotlight on Monster, where he was like he could have put he could have put anybody there, but he put a literally a rookie on his masterpiece and gave her like the space to have the best verse on his album. And to go back to what uh, the GA boy is saying, no one compared little Uzi Vert to under 3000 as a rapper. I'm talking about the aesthetic, like how he looked, how he dressed, how he presented himself. Like I'm pretty sure without Googling it, I'm pretty sure little Uzi Vert has worn a dress at some point. And they're probably going to credit that to under 2000. It's more so, Style-wise, Lil Wayne, like he looks and dresses and presents more like Lil Wayne than he ever did with the uh, Andre 2000. Agreed, 100%. Definitely does. And I mean, it's other people that you can include in there, like Andre 3000, uh, the whole outcast, you know, they're influential as well. Um, you know, they had a clothing line. They were, you know, one of the one of the best hip hop. Well, they are the best hip hop duo of all time. Arguably the best group of all time. If you want to say a duo is a group uh, individually, they're in the top 20 all time with ease. Like if you threw outcast in there, I mean, my only thing would be, I could say like a little bit of what thug does sometimes can be a little bit of what Andre 3000 can do. Like, from an experimental perspective, at least. Um, so it's, it's, it's other people that, um, that you can put on there too, but those are just like 
my folks. Like I, I do think Lil Wayne is. Um, after Lil Wayne came out and really got big, even before he really took out off, like 2003-2004 squad up Lil Wayne was he was that dude even before he changed everything. We were still wearing the baggy clothes and before even Carter one came out, like he was really starting to cook it up and people knew that he was one of the greats from as far as from a mixtape perspective. And even just watching the locks and dip set, he was the first one that really, really experimented uh, with the dip set with Northern rappers and was a Southern rapper that was not against them, but he go bar for bar with them, you know, or there's like a story where um, they were trying to recruit young buck and they brought out Lil Wayne, the freestyle against them. Like Lil Wayne, I, I know sometimes I talk my noise about him, but he's definitely an all time great. And he's one of the most influential rappers of all time. I mean, I can't speak of anybody prior to that, you know, Tupac is my all time favorite. But I think as far as, once again, it hasn't really been another him. So it's hard to say that he's influential. People may take like little things from him here, here and there with the, the thug style and- DMX? You said yeah. DMX? Uh, DMX a little bit, but he kind of did his own thing to me. Yeah. With the bark and the way he did his ad libs and stuff like that. And I don't think anybody really copied him too, but it was the ball head and some of that stuff was kind of similar, but. You know, yeah, I'm actually interested in challenging myself to listen to an old school artist. Like, I want somebody to refer me some Big Daddy Kane, please. Like, no, thank you. No, because <laughs> no. people they always talk like somebody today. Oh my goodness, I was on TikTok and this dude they call OG. He's like real cool basketball dude. He quoted this Rakim bar, and it was so ass to me. Greatest <laughs> bar I've ever heard. It was like. Take seven NCs, you'll need seven more, and then you get seven more, they're gonna all hit the floor and something. Jesus Christ, and they did basically take 21 MCs to beat them or something like that. And I'm like, mm-hmm. what the damn do you hear more dynamic versus nowadays? Like, you're really stuck in the past, brother. But I was advanced, like, yeah. I would really like to listen to more old school hip hop rap, you know. so Big Daddy Kane, I might um when I when I make my official return to this podcast, I might drop some Big Daddy Kane. <laughs> I feel like you've never left. You've been on like every episode except one. <laughs> Maybe the South Breeze be saying stuff, he be tagging me <laughs> and stuff. No one else will be doing my homework. Like even right now, I'm probably gonna fail this freaking test. Who cares? I'm about to turn this test in now. Oh shit, it's 12 o'clock. Um Whatever, I'll probably get a 50 on it. Who cares? I'm pretty much done with this class anyway. But, you know, um, yeah, I want to listen to some old school artists, some, some stuff I never listened to before. I, I would like to invite myself to do that. Like, um, one, I, I'll say this, like, I would really like to get into, um, like, Dungeon Family. And oh, yeah. well, it's not, that's not too old school. That's like I, 90, that's like late 90s, 90s. late 90s. I, I, the way you were talking, I thought you were talking about some 80, like 85 type shit. I'm like, no, <laughs> I do not care about what you were rapping about in 1982 in New York. No, no, thank you. The furthest I went back, I actually, I don't know why, but I went back and listened to Scarface's The Fix, and that came out in 2002. 
It actually didn't sound too dated, honestly. But there's some, I mean, there's Kanye and, and Neptune's production on there, and the Jay-Z feature. And then he actually had a Nas feature on there, too. And I was just like... Well, you listened to Illmatic not too long ago. That was 94. Well, that sounded dated, though. <laughs> yeah. Illmatic sounds 94 as fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Dead in 1994. I was like, man, this is this is a hotness back then, I guess. But whatever. How much how, how much more you got in you? Because <laughs> I I don't think I don't think South Breeze has seen Suicide Squad yet. So I don't I didn't want to really talk too much about that. I will actually what I will say about Suicide Squad before you watch Suicide Squad, do not do not watch the first one. They're they're not connected. They're two totally different movies. There's nothing to tie them together. Like there's no reason for you to watch the original or the quote unquote hashtag original Suicide Squad. Second, do not watch Guardians of the Galaxy. Either one, volume one or two. Don't watch any of those two before you watch Suicide Squad because the guy that did Guardians of the Galaxy one and two did Suicide Squad. And there's a little bit of like, carryover between the two like you can see you can see more of the similarities in between those movies and his style of uh, movie making if you just recently watched those uh the third thing i would say is if you're one of those people who is not on the uh will smith is a great actor uh train this movie will pretty much solidify that like uh it's i'm i'm ready to put uh I, actually, I, I probably have already done this, but Idris Elba, better actor than Will Smith. Like, he, for, for a superhero movie, Idris did what needed to be done. He knew the assignment. Viola Davis did what she had to do in this movie. Like, I, I, I went into this movie and I'm just like, all right, now let me imagine this scene with Will Smith. Is it better, worse, or the same? And for the most part, it was always worse. I just couldn't see Will Smith taking it to that place. So, I, for one, didn't really care for the movie. I told myself I was done with, with this company. And I <laughs> back in, and I just didn't really. I mean, it wasn't bad. It was something you did watch it? Yeah, I watched it. I watched it oh, uh, okay. Thursday night, maybe yeah, Friday yeah. morning. Um, I mean, it wasn't terrible, you know. I'll let people formulate their own opinion. Um, I thought the first one was better, me personally. Ooh, I did. That's a hot take. That's a hot take. I, I want to watch it again. I'm gonna watch it again. I don't know if I'm gonna watch it again, but you know, I mean, it kind of is what it is. As far as the Will Smith take, you know, I mean, it is what it is. You know, <laughs> this guy, he's not the the best. He's okay. Yeah. Uh, he he understands his assignment. He's Will Smith playing a superhero, or he's Will Smith playing an African. He's Will Smith playing a person from Alabama. He's Will Smith playing a person from California. This is what he is, you know, and that's what he does well. Like I said, I I think of him as like The Rock. Like I feel like The Rock took the roles that he would be in. The Rock may be a little bit funnier, and of course he's a lot bigger than him, but they play the same role. Like every role The Rock does, it's The Rock is this. The, the Rock is on a skyscraper. The Rock has one leg. The Rock is in Jumanji. The Rock is in whatever that new let's make a movie thing that he does is. Or even like Kevin Hart. Kevin Hart 
is Kevin Hart playing this, Kevin Hart playing that. It's all the same. Um, but Suicide Squad, I mean, it's cool. It's something to do. I think a lot of the times with us being locked down for so long and like I still haven't been to the theater yet, you know, we're, we're itching, we're starving for something like give me something. Like I, I was talking to somebody earlier about Ben Stiller movies and why there are no like current black movies that are like that, like the movies he plays in at all. And it's like, we, I don't know what we're doing anymore. Like, I mean, the last movie that I would even think that would be kind of similar to being a romantic comedy was probably the the photograph, which I thought was okay. Actually, the photograph was good. The music was too loud, but the the movie was good. Um, but just you know, we're we're starving for something here. G- give us something. God yeah. damn. I'm 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 on board with this whole like release it in in theaters and on streaming services the same day. I'm digging yeah. this, man. I like I. I wasn't sure when Black Widow came out. Like I was still kind of on the fence, but now I'm kind of, I'm kind of done with theaters. Like if they if they never come back, I I wouldn't be upset. Like I I do like uh, watching movies at home, like on demand. I might be maybe I'm just getting old, but something something that I did forget to bring up when we were talking about it the uh, uh, the Usher videos how much the uh, beauty standards have changed for women in music videos. Like I watched the music videos and and this is from um, 2001. So like, I'm not gonna sit here and say that these women were ugly. Like these women are beautiful. They look fine, they look great. But in 2021, those women ain't even getting in the parking lot for a lot of these music shoots and that's, I'm not saying it's a good thing. I'm not saying it's a bad thing. I'm just saying things are different. Like go watch, go watch. You don't have to call. Go watch that music video, and then go watch any music video from 2020, and just look at how different uh, women look, and even the men look. Like everything is totally different. It's it was kind of I was kind of it kind of threw me for a loop to see like. The type of women, and it's, it, it, it shouldn't have because that's what I grew up on. But it was just weird seeing how women were viewed back then. And it was just like, oh, well, this is this is what's considered uh, hot. This is what is considered a fat ass back in 2001. And now you look at 2020, it's totally different, way different body types, aesthetics, and the way we dress. And it's it was a lot. It was a lot to take in. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, I was just about to say what that GA boy said. Like, um, you know, and once before I say this quick disclaimer, look, women, if y'all got the money, you pay for whatever you want to pay for. It's yours. You own it. I don't judge. In 2001, I'm sure, you know, the breast surgery was probably triply high as it is now because I know a few women that have had that done. Um, I now know a few women that have gotten the BBLs done. I know a few women that have gotten the gastric done. I know a couple women that's gotten nose jobs, um, laser this. You know, it, it's a lot of different things. And the one thing that I kind of don't like about society now is, like, I go on Instagram or TikTok, and it's like the beauty standard is, and I hate to say it, for Black people a lot of times, for Black men is, how foreign can you get? How how much of a Kardashian can you be? Not saying that's what I like, but 
that's what people are spending their money to try to mimic that look. And even with the makeup, man, sometimes I see these women with this makeup and I'll be like, Jesus Christ, this girl is like, like it, it is a girl on my Twitter that is so fine. Like, and is she does her makeup and she is just, I don't know what it is. Like when I be looking at her picture, I'm like, God damn her. Whoever does her eyebrows, it's on point. Her lashes on point. Whatever she does with her lips on point. Her foundation, everything, the, the concealer, everything is on point. Skin tone, even. Hair is beautiful. I can't, it's wavy. I'm sure it's it's weave or maybe a wig. Everything is on point. In the late 90s, early 2000s, they didn't have all that. You know, they throwing them mm-hmm. stiff-ass wigs and hit the dance floor. <laughs> like, it was what it was. They but they was actually the dancing in the videos, too. Yeah, they were actually dancing in the videos. They don't really do that now. But yeah, them, them Kardashians, they have messed up the beauty standards. That's why for me, I've gotten back to just the natural beauty thing. Like, man, I I, I like your regular. There's somebody in my DMs now. She looked like an around the way girl and she is fine to me. And that's all that matters. I don't need all that fake stuff. And to me, before long, it gets to just all looking the same. You know, God didn't create y'all to have BBL asses. Okay. If you're flat, it's all that. If you're fat, I love it too. It, it is what it is. I'm talking about your ass. If you got to <laughs> wait on it too, I don't care. Big old bit is for president. Body, but, body positivity. Body positivity. But yeah, it, it's a lot of people paying for things. Like, you know, when I had the glasses on, I had um, the 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 moles and beauty marks. I had all them removed. Like, I just, fuck it. I, I got $500 real quick. I got a good insurance. Boom, all them shit's gone. Gone. Well, well, like a completely different person in a sense. Still look the same, but like I don't have these nigga, like I'm 60 years old spots no more. And I got rid of all of them. Wow. All of them. And it's like in the 60s, could I have done that? No, I just would have been a, a nigga that got fucking Maya Angelou moles all over the place and shit. You know what I'm saying? But these are different times. You can afford the different things to make you look better. Like I've been really getting into skincare routines and different stuff like that, man. They got this stuff, uh, retinol in it, man. It gets rid of a zit like that. Boom. I got some freaking bleaching cream around here somewhere. I can't find it. It don't matter. I got bleaching cream. You know, if I wanted to turn into Sammy Sosa, I got enough bleaching cream to do that. Now I'm just trying to even out my skin tone, but just saying like, you're turning Sam Sosa. Yeah, I'll be Sam Sosa, you know what I'm saying? Whatever the case may be. It's just it's, it's a different world. Like when I look at women, I know somebody was talking about like Selma Hayek. And I'm like, for me with women, if you're fine, like Selma Hayek has always been fine and will always be fine. Like she yeah. is top notch. Holly Berry will Holly always is. be fine. Neil Long will always be fine. So some women, I mean, they do little stuff that'll tighten up, but you know, I don't judge them. They all, you know, good. And yes, and still we rise. Every day. Well, we had 309. I gotta use the bathroom. Uh I did fail this test. I scored a 26 out of 40. So God damn. It's all good though. I had an A in the class regardless. I don't care. So I'm out of it. We're done. 
and the countdown begins for my return, my graduation from university school, and I will be back soon. And fuck South Breeze, the <laughs> hating midget. Everybody <laughs> slanders him. If you can, send him pictures of dinglings all week. That's what there you we go. Um, any closing thoughts? Any songs of the week? Oh, song of the week. I'm gonna go with Forty Side by Nas on uh, King's Disease too. I'm gonna go with that. He's okay, a, so not doing the uh, Lauren Hill. Nope. Nah, I'm gonna keep my. Was a bit overrated, but I'm gonna know. I'm gonna keep my opinion on that Lauren Hill verse to myself <laughs> for a while until I I'm, I want to keep listening to it. But for now, I'm gonna keep that opinion to myself. I cannot blame you for that. My song <laughs> of the week, although they lost the verses as a unit, mm. I'm going mm. with Cameron from the Purple Haze album, Down and Out. Like whenever I hear that song, man, it is classic. That beat is so fire. Like I don't know. Classic. What, I don't know what Kanye was ate for dinner that day that he just woke up and decided to make that beat with Cam, but cocaine. Obviously. Great song, one of my all-time favorites. Um, came out, I think, 06? 04. Damn, I thought it was 06. But um, yeah, that's my song of the week. Um, shout out, you know, all the normal gang, everybody in the chat holding it down. That GA boy, Shan Lee. Um Ayana Lovelace, aka uh Big Titty Mafia, or whatever she's calling herself today. Um, I thought I seen the Wash YouTuber in here earlier, KJ. Yeah, he was in here wiling out. Shout out to uh, Eric Robinson for coming through. Um, shout out to I Got a Grammy as always. Shout out to everybody that um, South Breeze did tag along with me that was clearly trying to do my homework, but he doesn't give a fuck. Um, yeah, and that's pretty much it. That's all I got. Uh, you got any closing thoughts? Oh, no, that's it. Appreciate everybody for listening. If you're still listening right now, man, you're a real one. Three hours, another one. Let's do it. Okay, that that GA boy says, listen to Isaiah Rashad featuring J-Rock, True Story. I'll go ahead and cut that on now. We are the KTSC Avenue, double-gated community, full of niggas like we always do. Uh, shout out to Calabasas, and we out.